Warning, Potterfic Weekly Podcasts are very addictive. The following symptoms may be experienced while waiting for a new episode to be released. Uncontrollable refreshing of the PFW page. Shaking. Cold sweats. A need to go to Yellowstone. Random bursts of laughter as you remember other podcast moments. A deep yearning for a goat. Starting to sing the intercourse song. Or feeling the urge to get a really big hat. Please listen at your own risk. Holy crap! This is so exciting! Previously on Potterfic Weekly. And welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. This is Ryan. I'm Jen. I'm Lady Chi. And I'm Jen's mom. Hi, y'all. <laughs> How's it going? Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We would never ever say Snape scathes. We would say Snape said scathingly. 640,000 years ago, that third of America blew up. Boys and girls, <laughs> there's a thing called erectile dysfunction. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but there's also a thing called Vitrificus totalis. So Potterfic <laughs> Weekly, not only entertaining, but educational. Who wants to see Hermione as a trial lawyer? As a tribal warrior? (laughs) I want to say that... Chief, please, I can't... Don't... You have to say only good things. I will cry if you say something negative about this scene. I love... I'm not going to say... I'm not made of stone. I love how they plan to have sex at six. Yeah, six o'clock. I know. <laughs> My question was, when do they eat dinner? After picture, he's in the shower, and he's staring down, and he's just like, this is it. <laughs> he's having a little conversation with his friend. Today, I become a man. And then they go, is this happening? And he's like, yes. I don't think he said it like that. Oh, yes, he did. He gasped it I out. Think, I think all of his concentration is elsewhere at the moment. He's like, yes. No, that like completely ruined my mental manly image. Well, he's beating his chest. He's ravaging her. Not, no, he's, he's not. not. Yes. He's a virgin. How many virgins can successfully ravage anybody? He's Harry Potter. Come on. He's a skinny, <laughs> awkward kid who we think has ED. No, no, no. We don't think that. You think that. Do you? own a pig. No, but I do have a goat. Really? We don't have a lawnmower. What's the goat's name? Bernard. Oh my god, I'm not gonna lie. I have to- I have no idea what's going on. Somebody explain to me what just happened. Have you been here the whole time? I've been here the whole time, but I can't remember what was just said. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nice! I love him oh. and he's good and we're gonna find out he's good and, and there Jen. is gold at the end of the rainbow, darn it! So, and everybody just looks at me like I'm retarded, but I laugh and it's hysterical <laughs> to me. Poor Bernard was struck and killed by a bolt of lightning. <laughs> okay, you guys are the ones who obviously laugh during people's funerals. I wore a really big hat. And I run after my car. <laughs> I've just finished taking a test on what's your seduction style. I have got to take that test. I don't know what that noise was that came out of Gambin's mouth. But I think it caused some women in the audience to become infertile. Oh, I love the social intercourse so varied. It gets me so excited for the guy I married. This is like the Manhattan Project. Superman is Moses. Honestly, don't you people read? Okay. Oh, Superman is not Moses. Moses is dependent on Aaron. See, Batman depends on Robin. If you're going to do Moses the guy that was lost in the desert for like 40 years? That just got inspired confidence in crime-fighting ability. There's like auditoriums with movies that you can go in and sit and watch, not while on the toilet. There's no way we have wank. We don't care enough about the fans of to have wank. For God, Ryan, if you ever, ever, ever make me cover a story with butt sex babies, I will kill you. Jen got pregnant on a boat. You know how hard it would be to impregnate yourself on a boat? Let's take a guess. This guy's, you guys are the most dysfunctional people. These are really stupid people. Like, I have a lot to learn from these people. 
And Jen's like, yeah, I like looking at female butts more, too. So what? Women are beautiful. Doesn't make me gay. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, come here. I'm so sorry. Come here. <laughs> I just I just kicked my dog in the head. And now, Potterfic Weekly. For Sunday, September 14th, 2008, this is episode 57 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. be again a podcast quite like this one brought us together and started its own forum list where the hosts are all our friends all the stories told by Jen Will it drive Ryan round the bend? Potterfic Weekly, where the story never ends. It's the smith of a boy's room. We all use the shower to wash ourselves. I have been around. And welcome back to Potterfic Weekly, everyone. I'm Stuart Duxfoot. I'm Keza. I'm Ray. <laughs> I'm Ryan. <laughs> See, look at that. This is, it, I have to tell you, my fellow Pafuanians, it is like 4.30 in the morning right now. I have like an IV pumping caffeine directly into my arm. And that was the first time we flew into that. I didn't even tell these people what we were going to do. And they just handled it just like pros. Like, whoever's editing this episode, can we get clapping children right now? That'd be wonderful. Okay, great. Thank you. That that that, that, that was. Just, I'm, I'm I'm thrilled. I have I have good vibes about this episode. I'm just I I'm thrilled. I'm I'm, I'm thrilled. All right, I'd like to welcome Sue at Duck's Foot to the podcast. Jerry, hello. Sue is the most popular member of the Perfect Weekly community. When she when when people found out she was the be here tonight, they they even said you know like Ryan like as long as Sue's there, we don't even care if you're on the podcast anymore. So Sue, welcome to. To, to, to puff what to the other side thank you sue is like speechless for a moment i'm like crap have we lost sue where's sue i'm like checking my thing here. all right now we're now again like i said this oh keza hi keza keza hi hi okay well i hadn't spoken to you yet i wanted to get like a little bit of one-on-one time in with you there Re- okay real fast uh it is like the middle of the night for us so if we start dancing and talking about you know the, the like cumulus nimbus clouds or whatever just bear with us you know the sun will come up I just want to tell uh-huh. a really fast story right now. Now, Ray has heard the story, so Ray, if you'd like to take five, or if you'd like to laugh and pretend this is the first time you heard the story, you know, or help but, it out when you or help. Yes, or if I fall, like if I fall asleep in the middle of the story, you can take over. On the weekends, I tend to not bring my cell phone around with me. It's my weekend. I get to spend time with Danielle, who I live with but never see, and uh, like I'm one of those people I hate having to plug my cell phone into the charger. <laughs> So I just leave it wherever it is so I don't have to worry about it. It's bad that I do that because, you know, anything could happen to Jen over the weekend. I think I forgot to put my car in park. And I see my car rolling towards the main fence. This has got about three acres to go. And I run after my car. 
and I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there. My door handle on my driver's side broke off the other day, so I get to my car and, like, hang on to the mirror, looking over my shoulder to make sure that my neighbor isn't seeing how ridiculous I'm being. I feel something, like, tickle my foot, and my foot is absolutely covered in red ant. I mean, I'm, like, screeching, and none of them stung me. And I was so happy. I dropped the water hose, put my foot down to reach to turn the water off, and when I did... I stood on a sticker patch. 23 stickers in my foot. So I hobble over to the porch and sit down, and this danged Kwana comes out of the freaking porch. Frogs and lizards just everywhere, and they get in the toilet to you deal with them. frogs in your toilet? No, not frogs, lizards. So you have to look under your thing when you sit down and make sure there's not... But that's, you know, they're just in there, like, occasionally. It's not like every time you go there. There's, like, a tarantula in our lamp. <laughs> I have I don't know my husband's cell phone number. This is tragic. Okay, do you have your phone? Who am I calling? You you are calling my mother. Are you ready? Hold on, what is your mother's name? Wendy. Before I dial, why don't you tell me the story? Okay, you ready? No, tell me what I'm doing before I do it. Oh, I will talk for you. What? I will talk through you. What is Wendy's number? Okay, 817. Oh, shit, that's my number. 817. You are calling Wendy, and you're telling her that this is Jennifer, and as usual, Jen's phone is dead, and you need her to call James and tell him to come home. Is everything all right? Will be the next question. Do you want me to not tell her the part about you being bitten by three Wait, scorpions? Wait, there's the phone. So they gave me this shot, and I was like, oh, man, the pain, I mean, it's starting to feel better. James takes me out to the car, and I start talking about how I don't think that it's right that Mexicans don't use the decimal system like Americans, and I went to my mom and dad and like I was in such a good mood fine they made me all better and I'm like I'm hungry and I put my fork into my chicken and lift it to my face and as I'm lifting it to my face I go unconscious it's like they almost had to take me bags off but I hit my head I still to this day have no idea what that shot was not just for 24 hours James goes well they said it make her little drowsy bail money or blood or bone marrow I you know I, I have to be available but I was really bad last weekend and I, and I left my phone in my in my messenger bag or you know my man purse depending on what you want to call it so it was like sunday evening at like midnight going into monday i i put my phone in the charger and i know this i have a message dated friday at 8 30 and the message opens with help Uh-oh. i'm uh-huh. stranded it is such a puffa story it involves a stripper, a dozen puppies, <laughs> and a really big hole. And I'm staring at this thing thinking, do I call her back now? Because it's like midnight. But, you know, we're recording a Puffwa at midnight, so I don't see why I really couldn't have. But I figured if she hung on throughout the weekend, she can make it the other six hours until I can call her in the morning, which unfortunately was 5 a.m. for her. Hello. I keep getting confused by the time zone. So so I finally get Jen on the phone. I'm like, Jen, what the hell happened? She's like, okay, here's the deal. Now, now, as we all know, Jen is a photographer. She she takes pictures of people with their permission. Otherwise, she'd be kind of, you know, strange and creepy. But she has their permission, so she takes pictures of them. So she gets hired by a woman who bought a Harley, Harley Davidson. She bought a motorcycle for her husband and thought it would be really cool if she would take naked pictures of herself on the Harley. So, no. so just follow me along here. She's giving him the bike, and she's giving him a brown manila envelope. And when he opens the brown manila envelope, there will be naked pictures of her on the bike. So it's like a twofer. 
brilliant! So Jen barricades the front of her studio as there is a naked woman on a Harley inside. So she's taking pictures of the woman <laughs> per their contract. Okay. So she starts hearing loud destruction noises, like uh, like just jackhammering and you know, concrete flying through the air and like the zzz of electricity, you know, zapping cockroaches which flee from New York State because it might kill them all. Dude, get a rage bomb. So, the, so there's so there's a disastrous situation with with the construction. So Jen looks out the window. And next to her car, in the parking space next to her car, there are half a dozen illegal immigrants digging a hole in the parking space. Houston, we have a problem. So she goes outside and attempts to communicate with them to find out what they're doing. <laughs> and she realizes after several moments she does not understand Spanish. I'm coming. So she returns to her studio and barricades the door. So she resumes taking pictures of the naked woman on the Harley. But for the purposes of this story, will be nicknamed the stripper. Because that's the stripper for her. <laughs> <laughs> Those were She's the stripper. So, because she is a stripper. Never said prostitute, just said stripper. So she's taking pictures of the stripper. And now the noise has suddenly stopped. What the hell? And all you hear now is two dozen puppies all barking simultaneously. She's like, what the hell is going on? I'm going out to investigate. And the stripper says, hold on, I'll come with you. Now, at this point, the stripper realizes she's not wearing any clothing. So she says, oh, my clothes, do you have anything for me to wear? So Jen hands her literally a high school graduation gown, which apparently she has, you know, when she photographs people for their high school graduation. So the stripper wearing nothing but the high school graduation gown, and Jen, who does not speak Spanish and is four months pregnant, go outside to find out what happened. Now, apparently there is a stu- there is another business in the strip mall which breeds puppies. Now, they're purebred puppies. Jen calls them inbred puppies because she thinks they're, you know, like Lucius and Draco Malfoy. It'd be really hard to find inbred people to play the part. <laughs> so, apparently what happened was, the woman who owns the puppy place opened the door to find out what the noise was from all the illegal immigrants and all of the puppies escaped. Go on. So, <laughs> it's all right. We know where they are. They all fell into the hole being created by the illegal immigrants in the parking space next to Jen, and now they're all trapped in the hole. So yeah. Jen, the stripper, and the woman, and the six illegal immigrants are now trying to you know, go down the hole and pull all of the puppies out. So they go down the hole, they finally pull all the puppies out. The woman and her puppies goes back into the puppy place, and Jen and her stripper go back into the photo studio, lock and barricade the doors, and resume taking pictures of the stripper on top of the Harley. You would think that's the end of the story. Fortunately, now, all of the plumbing in, in the strip mall backs up, and there's water pouring out of the bathrooms. I'd come in. Because apparently, the illegal immigrants hit some type of pipe. Jen goes out to yell at them. <laughs> realizes she doesn't know any swears in Spanish. I'd come in. Retreats back to her studio. The stripper is now apparently an expert plumber, and is, like, working on her plumbing, attempting to repair <laughs> the damage. This woman really needs to, you know, get, like, a 20% off coupon. So anyway, the the day finally ends. Jen returns to her car and realizes that her battery is dead. (laughs) So she was stranded in her car in 108 degree weather, and that is when she sent me the text message. (laughs) Which I responded to within 96 hours. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody! No, just kidding. <laughs> so that is that is the story of Jen, the stripper, the dozen puppies, and the hole. And the, the illegal immigrants were in there too, but we left them out of the title of the story for time reasons. How's everybody doing? I'd like Good. to know 
how the illegal immigrants got like jackhammers and whatnot. Well, they they may not have been illegal immigrants. It sounds funnier <laughs> to say the illegal immigrants because that puts a whole new level of maybe they were trying on. to like make a hole so people could like come hang out with them. Well, perhaps she was asking, you know, for their green cards, but they did not know what the word green meant because perhaps they were they know the Spanish equivalent of green, which I can't think of at the moment. And, and maybe- Verde. Yeah. I was thinking very day. Thank you. So I, I wasn't sure what was up with that. Can I just tell you, at, at my office, I work with a very nice woman from Puerto Rico, and she uh, speaks Spanish as her primary language, and she has learned English um, since she's moved to the United States, to the continental U.S. And I just have to say this. To anyone who has learned English as a second language, I am in awe of you. Because I tried to learn Spanish, which is the easiest language to learn. I took it for five years. I know four words of Spanish. So I have great respect for anyone who learns English as a language. So my friend worked, and she speaks, you know, somewhat broken English. She gets her verb tenses screwed up, and, you know, she's, she's maybe 80, 85% of the way there, but she still has difficulty with English. There are these little index cards, and they're printed on green pieces of paper. I, I ran out, so I stood over. She's in the next cubicle to me, and I, and I said, hey, I have a, do you have a green card I can use? And she had her headphones in, so she took her headphones out. I'm like, and she's like, excuse me? I'm like, I, do you have a green card? And she's looking up at me. I'm like, green card, do you have a green? She thought I was doing a spot immigration check on her, and I'm just trying to get the pay. The- <laughs> so it was rather awkward. I almost committed a crime. I just needed the green. And I'm like, do you have a green card? And she's like frowning up at me like I'm an evil bastard. It was awful. <laughs> so always double check what you're going to say before you say it. Well, does she have one? <laughs> well, she's in Puerto Rico, which is part of the United States. So apparently, like, I'm just committing this, like, you know, ethnic crime of some sort. <laughs> apparently, we don't go there. So that's all I, that's all I got. Okay. Nice. I'm going I'm to shut up now. Keza, over to you. Oh, 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 you want me to say something? Well, you, have bron- <laughs> you have bronchitis, so I figured you were more apt to run the podcast than I was at this point. So. <laughs> I do. I do have bronchitis. I have a disagreement with you. Why? What did I do U.S. Now? people did not wear berets in the Olympic. Jen parade. told me, Jen 2 Jen said they're wearing berets. I, I thought they were berets and she agreed with me, but I think you're right. I think they they're, are actually They're old man hats. hats. Is that like, why you sent me the picture tonight yes. of the old man wearing a hat? I, I well, figured there was just... probably some other name for old man hat, so I Googled it. And I found not what I was looking for. Because Ray sending me porn tonight. I'm getting literally po- like old man porn from Ray, who's getting married in the weeks. So now I'm wondering if she's going off on this like sick, cold feet like thing, and I need to pull her back. And it was all very confusing. I wasn't sure what was happening. No, well, I was watching the opening ceremony of the Olympics, and I let my eight-year-old stay up for it. And I was regretting that decision because we were waiting for Australia to come out. Now, normally, Australia is like the third country out because it starts with an A, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in the Chinese alphabet, apparently we come just before Zambia. Damn you all! We were waiting until nearly one o'clock in the morning to watch the Australian team come out. So I'm talking to Jen too, and she's like, what do you mean you're watching Olympics? It's not until 7.30 tonight. I'm like, but it is tonight in China. You know, I'm watching it in real time. And she's, she's like, but it's not on yet. And I'm like, look, I can see the U.S. team. There's Team USA. I'm like, they're wearing berries. And she's like, they're what? So we start scouring the internet for pictures because um, we get our, our team um, uniforms. Like, it's like this big thing, you know. Um, 
months beforehand. It's like unveiled in this you know, special ceremony and they put it on the morning news. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, haven't you seen their, their uniforms? And she's like, no. So we did this mad Google to find it. She's like, you're right, they're wearing berets. They look dreadful. And But they're not actually quite berets. But They're all man know. hats. <laughs> Creepy. Little of their was it necessary for you to send me a picture of a naked old man, though, to prove that point? That was the part that I was a little concerned with. I'm like, Ray, what are you saying? Well, funny, he's not wearing the same hat anyway. <laughs> the interesting thing I realized, because like, then uh, finally Team Australia comes out, and they're not actually wearing the air hostess uniform that was originally unveiled. They've got some other, you know, really cool thing. And then Australian team are wearing baseball caps, right? And I, what I've realized this morning is I'm looking at the little old man hats and they look like baggy greens. Now, a baggy green is a cricketing cap from Australia. So I'm like, I think they swapped hats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more concerned with the fact that where you are right now, it's tomorrow. It is. It's Saturday today. I have difficulty wrapping my mind around that. Does everyone here know who Ted Baxter is? There was no. an episode of that of the Mary Tyler Moore show where Ted Baxter, they explained to him that it's really 5 o'clock on the, on the West Coast and it's 8 o'clock on the East Coast. And Ted tries to wrap his mind around that. He's like, so... You mean this fire on the West Coast? It hasn't happened yet. It's so that sometimes I slip into that. I'm like, you mean it's tomorrow? Ooh. <laughs> like, it's weird for Ivan. Well, that's what happened with Jen, because obviously um, whoever's putting the airing, airing it is waiting till prime time to run the opening ceremony. Mm-hmm. But it started at 9 o'clock East Coast Australian time. So we got it live because it was Friday night, two hours behind Beijing. Of course, it's obviously been delayed till actual Friday evening in America. And, <laughs> and she could not work it out. She's like, it hasn't happened yet. I'm like, no, it's actually happening now. I can see them. And so she you mean couldn't... Jen too didn't know there was a tape delay? Is what I can mock her with, is what you're saying. <laughs> it did indeed seem like that. She's going, but it's on tonight. I'm like, but it is tonight in China. It's already tonight. <laughs> yeah, she was She was very confused. And I was like, I had to distract her by Googling the American Olympic team uniform. It's like the West Wing episode where they're trying to figure out where the president's plane is because they have to call him. What time is it in Tokyo? They're 14 hours ahead. I thought it was 13. Yeah. Houston Daylight. I'm sorry, 11 in the morning, 11 in the afternoon. It's 11 a.m. When does he leave? 7 p.m. Thursday. Tomorrow? Yes. Local time? Which local? There's or ours. It will be 7 p.m. Thursday in Japan when he leaves. And he lands here when? Okay, the flight is 13 hours long. This isn't happening. He's going to travel eastward from Tokyo, leaving at 7 p.m., so when he crosses the international date line... He'll have traveled back in time to what? 3 a.m. Which puts him down in Washington 6 p.m. Thursday. He's going to land in Washington an hour before he took off? Yeah. And that's not a story that beats the Surgeon General? When we got back to Australia from England, we spent 24 hours on the plane, and I think we arrived an hour before we left. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you're waiting... It's like... For, it's or like was it the other make- way around? Yeah, it's like time to make the donuts where you open the door and you're already leaving. You're like, ooh, this is where you just like walk the other way and pretend you never saw that. I don't know. It just, it, you know, it's, it's like it's, having a time turner. It is. It's like one o'clock. Ooh, look at that. Suit br- drags us back kicking and screaming to the Potterverse. That, that was nice. Suit, 10 points. <laughs> but it, it, seriously, it's like it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm trying to figure out time zones. All right. Let us get to the paradigm of uncertainty. We are doing show that never ends. That's the name of the fic, right? Last time we tried to record this, I got the name of the fic wrong. It is show that never ends. I think so. Okay, yeah. you can tell this I'm is. Gonna, gonna figure be a out very... what you said last time. The show, yes, Harry yes, Potter like, and the show oh, story that, that never ends. ends is what it. Yeah, I was doing. We're the story. Okay, I can't sing like Scott, so I won't even try. 
Oh, uh, that's no. technically the last story because she didn't finish it. No, there's one when, after it. No, what's the last one? The last one is... The last um, one is the hero with a thousand faces. But yes. that's the story that never ends because she doesn't finish it. Well, she she properly. did quasi-finish it. She posted, like, two paragraphs yeah. saying, here's the last ten chapters. Like, in <laughs> form. That's so. the show that never oh, ends. There's the closure. I'll be happy. There, there is a minor bit of closure a little bit. Well, I'm someone who watched... Um, watched because I watched my fan fiction. I read Curse <laughs> by Myth and Legend, and I had stopped. Oh. Yeah, that... I mean, it <laughs> could be worse. It could be worse. Well, that I was, was just... Didn't she leave them underwater in some kind of magic boat and just left them there? Well, the worst was Farscape, which amuses me. I'm talking about Farscape to Keswick because it was filmed in her backyard. And she's like, what the hell is Farscape? Merry Frilling Christmas. But um, <laughs> Farscape had the worst cliff ending ever. And, and the show got canceled. Yeah. I was watching the Sarah Connor Chronicle. The, oh, I hate that show. Sarah Connor Chronicle. The Terminator show that they made, I was watching it, and I got very excited, and I would watch it, and Wolfie was on night shift, so we would watch it together, he would put on his tape when it came on TV, and and then the last episode, they blow someone up, and I'm like, and it's not on anymore, and and then Wolfie just casually goes, yeah, I don't know if they're renewing it next season, I'm like, what? They just blew up a car? With someone inside, and I'm not going to find out whether or not they're dead. On Farscape, it involves two people on a boat. So picture Jen getting impregnated. But it involves two (laughs) people on a boat confessing undying love for each other. They have this very happy moment. And then all of a sudden, a spaceship flies over the boat, shoots the people on it, and they turn into crystals and fall into the water. And it says, like, to be continued, and the show was canceled. That's why I don't, like... Works in progress. They came back into the movie, so it worked out fine. I think they came. I think they figured they'd get their movie because the fans would like <laughs> blast the studio. So, so is someone at your door? <laughs> uh, Grandpa's Grandpa just came in. He's getting ready to go to bed. <laughs> okay, I'm like, um, come in. Well, I just muted it because Mister Kessa came in. <laughs> oh, tell him to say hi. Oh, uh, he he just left. I finally got rid of him. <laughs> All right, so let's let us get down to um, Paradigm of Uncertainty, chapters four through ten. Now, I have to tell you, obviously, in the first episode that we did, I discovered the fact that significant glances have many meanings. In the second episode, I realized that I can't sing because I did the whole turn around, and it was the most awful thing you've ever seen. Thank God Aaron was here, or else it could have gone bad. Now, in this episode, I have. Like I have to tell you, reading chapters four through ten, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, and the reason I say that is there. There came a point where I had to stop reading these chapters, and I like something happened, and I had to put the thing down for like a day. And I left at the. I'm like, oh my god, I must read more. I need to call in sick to like I was at the. Like, I was so excited about the point where I left off, and then I kept reading. I'm like, oh, that's where it's going, and I hated it. And and it leveled out by the end, and I was happy with where we left off, which, in, in the event that you forget, Hermione meets Jesus at Starbucks. Is where, is where these chapters <laughs> leave off. Tonight. But, um... Like, 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 at one point, I was, I was very, very, very unhappy, and at one point, I was incredibly excited about the plot. So it, it, was, it was somewhat of a mixed bag. There were a lot of great moments in these chapters, and there were a lot of eye-roll moments in these chapters, but overall, I think it was a good reading experience. 
So that's where I stand overall. Uh, Sue, you have not been in any of our episodes, although you've left us a couple of voicemails regarding uh, the freezing of soup. So bring us up to speed. What do you think of, uh, I love Sue. She's like, I have 17 voicemails. Tell us, uh, what you think of, um, the, the first installment paradigm. Catch us up. What do you think of, uh, the chapters? Oh, in you're the first two? make me go all the way back to the beginning. Well, you don't have to like, you know, talk for two hours, but <laughs> give us your, <laughs> what do you think? I had, um, PM Jen and asked her for some thick recommendations and this was one of them. So I started it and, it's different than anything I've read, but I, I've enjoyed it very much. And the swing dancing was always been my favorite part. You and Lady Chi, for some reason, everyone's very attracted to the swing dancing. The whole Harry is poor plot line continues to confuse the ever-living crap out of me. Because if you know this, in these chapters, there comes a moment. Now, Ray, please speak up here because you have personal experience. When, um, when Hermione hires the wedding planner and, you know, Hermione's planning this wedding and, and, and she's like, well, you know, Harry, you're paying for this, you know, rein me in because I don't want to spend too much. And he's like, you could hire everyone a personal waiter and you could spend more than anyone ever has in a wedding and it wouldn't make a dent in my savings. And I'm like, you used to eat cat food because you had no, you had no money and you, you swing danced to raise money to live off of. And now you, like, I don't know. It, I, well, I, swing dancing pays really well. Do you say this from personal experience, or, or no? Or, no. Or, well, I didn't know if you were like an expert swing dancer over there in, in Oregon. So sure no, sorry. That point has confused me as I have been reading the fic. I'm like, huh? So he's got enough money for this, and he's got enough money for that, and he's got enough money for the other, and he's got enough money to do that. But he had to swing dance. He's like, hmm. due to wise investments, I have you know my money has grown threefold, and all I can picture is okay. From now on, we're going to eat dirt. <laughs> and with the savings, we're going to just save so much money. It just Maybe that... he invested in Apple like Forrest Gump. <laughs> you know what? Maybe he invested in ExxonMobil when gas hit four bucks a gallon and he just raked it in. And he just oh. got like, boom, there's lots of money. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be a chapter later in the fic where, you know... You know, Harry is saved because Hermione meets Jesus and brings Jesus back to the house, and Jesus gets lost, and they have to send out search parties. Hello. She's exploring the starboard wing, and they eventually find Jesus, bring her back, and Jesus puts her hand on Harry's forehead. Then, you know, Harry, too, is gone, or Larry, as I've taken to calling him, and everything works out <laughs> fine, and the happy music comes on in the background. <laughs> and life is good, and, you know, everything is looking great. <laughs> Like, SWAT teams kick the door in and, and, like, completely arrest Harry for insider trading or something. I just think... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Because stranger things have happened in this fic. They'll wait until they're actually, like, at the altar. Did you see the thing that happened with the mayor of the town in Maryland? Did anyone see that? There's a... Apparently, this this is the new scam. They'll take drugs... And they'll put Ryan from Potterfic Weekly in my home address, like on the box, and they'll mail it to me. And they'll and they'll wait near my house. And when they see it get dropped off, they'll run up and, and they'll steal the box back. So they're they're not connected at all to this package. Like this could be completely misconstrued. This shows how good of a you know drug dealer I am. Don't lie to me. Well, they sent the package to the wife of the mayor of some random town in, in Maryland. The mayor comes home and he sees a package on, you know, he grabs his mail and he sees a package. So he brings it in the house. And apparently like the drug, 
people, like the, like the SWAT teams who are, you know, cracking down on the drug dealers, are watching the package. So they break, they kick the door down into the guy's house. They arrest the mayor in his underwear as he's changing at the end of the day. And they shoot his dogs because the dogs start barking because all these people are. And they killed his dogs. Like it was the stupid. And he's screaming, I'm your mayor. <laughs> and they didn't believe him. It was like the. So now it's like the crying children, crying wife. I think they handcuffed grandma. It was like the war. It was the most biggest disaster. So I could picture like the end of the like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where they all have that great moment and all of a sudden like the cops are like jumping through the window and they're like you know threatening to shoot from their helicopters. Exactly, and yeah, I'm picturing something like that, like because cousin Eddie kid. Yeah, so I'm just picturing Harry and the insider trading and everything just turn south. And for those of you who have read ahead, don't spoil me. This is your first Harry Hermione fix it. Yes. Alright. How did that go for you? It hasn't been a problem for me. I'm doing okay with it. Awesome. Now, are, are you, like, let me ask you this. When it comes to you, because we had um, we have a discussion that will either go out in this episode or it might have actually gone out in an earlier one. It was like Rena and Ryan face off over, <laughs> over Harry Hermione. Are you the type of person that, like, because we haven't had you on the podcast before, when you read fan fiction, are you open to anything? Or I think so, yeah. Okay, so you're a very liberal reader of fan fiction. There's few rules that you have going into it. Yeah, I, I just I just like to read whatever. Sue, so. hug. hug. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is like the communist podcasters. I think we're all like the most liberal people ever tonight. Okay, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like How- the Soviet Union right here at Pofwa. All right, so now I we think- got to bring up the weird ships and see if we'd still accept those. I know exactly. What, well, how weird and, we get? and in well, my defense, I haven't gone and seen any of the really weird ones yet. I haven't so, actually read them, but uh, I've seen lists of some pretty good ones. So, I accidentally so- read one this week. Don't lie to me. Jules is not in my good books. <laughs> what, she what linked it? to it. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> That's restricted section activity. <laughs> There are some very strange fics out there. And you know when someone says this fic is really bad and they link it and then they warn you not to go there? Well, I can't help myself. I just have to click on it. (laughs) So, uh, And then you needed the brain bleach? I needed the brain bleach. It was not a happy experience for me. What was the ship? I read it too, but I don't remember what it was about. Um, well, it's this may need to be edited. I don't know. <laughs> it was right. Remus Tree. <laughs> tree. Oh yeah, Remus Tree. <laughs> tree. He had it off with a tree. Let me just put it that way, and maybe never speak of this again. Let's get it on. <laughs> well, I can think of something worse. What do you think about, like, you know, Snape Dobby? I think Hagrid Dobby is worse than that. Oh. oh. God. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. I do remember reading something once. I don't know where it was. We were uh, might have been in there again. I'd, someone was mucking around. Oh, I think it was P.S. And we were talking about, about H.G. ships. And P.S. was like, H, complete Harry, Ginny hater. And she said that, suggested that the H stood for Hedwig. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> there, see, that... Because don't go like Hermione or anything. Jump right to the owl that died. <laughs> exactly. I think okay. I can't remember what we were doing and what we were talking about. Was, it ended up Hedwig and Ginny, and I'm just like, no. Just well, no. 
But like well, the last podcast, H- I was getting, I was confusing Hedwig and Hermione, and I was confusing Ginny and Harry, and like I was, I was listening to it today. I'm like, what the hell am I talking about? And then Keza, right on cue, is like, Ryan, what the hell are you talking about? It worked <laughs> That's me. I'm helpful. Keza is extremely helpful. All right, um, so jumping into these chapters now. Th- for everyone's benefit, this is the second time I've podcasted on these chapters. We had some issues uh, with the previous yeah. edition. So if it sounds like I'm very rehearsed, I, I really don't practice in the mirror before this. Like, I try and give it to you all very, very live. So, yes, mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. With your hair <laughs> So now going into these chapters, um, there were – I did now – as everyone knows, I do have some issues. Um, I do have some issues w- with reading the chapters. I don't have a lot of free time t- to read because you know you get a four-hour podcast every week, and that comes from somewhere. So I don't sleep and I don't read. I listen to everything over my iPod, and I'm used to Kepstrel Dave, you know, servicing me. Okay, well that sounded bad. Um, <laughs> Dave from Kepstrel Voices <laughs> provides me audio assistance. And Dave and I get along very well. Now, unfortunately, you know, Dave doesn't breathe, so sometimes it seems awkward, and he's very monotone, so during those really good sex scenes, it sounds like Grandpa <laughs> is reading it to you, so it's disturbing. <laughs> so, it's like talking about sex with your mother. You just, you have your head down, and you hope, you know, the whole thing ends soon. So, you know, so, uh, so Dave from Capsule Voices has served me well so far, but then I got... Mac OS X Leopard, and I met Alex. And it was like a slash fic. You know, Alex and I are getting on very well. And, well, unfortunately, he sounds like a bit of a dweeb, so I turned him up very fast, and now I can read, you know, like, P.O.U. in 30 minutes, because he's like, he talks faster than I do. So, we, we get along fine. Uh, there are some issues. For example, um, whereas Dave would say, you know, I love you, uh, Alex says, I love you. And it, it sounds like everyone has a lisp for some reason, during certain words. Um, th- there were some issues I discussed in the last podcast. Um, you know, for example, when um, Harry said, one of my agents will, you know, grade Hermione's paper, I heard that as one of my Asians will grade Hermione's paper, and I thought that was rather derogatory and rude of Harry, but, you know, it turns out that was just, that was just an unfortunate typo. Um now, for whatever reason, the chief medical officer at the ID, I was under the impression his name was Sabutesh all this time. So if anyone who looks at my notes will be like, who? So I thought he was, um, I thought his name was in fact Sabutesh. So. Well, and mine, mine reads it very different than that. There was no B in it when, when mine, I can't remember now how it says Shikesh. it, but yeah. Shikesh. That's how my, my audio reader speaks it. Well, then it's weird, because then it's like, there'll be random words. Well, I can't, because I know from from times where I have read it, that there was issues either with, with the we, the editing of the story, or with the, um, with whatever site, with Schnoogle, wherever it's um, housed, that a lot of the words are clumped together. So that throws off the text reader, too. But then when it's intended, like during Harry's scene, when um, during Harry's dream sequence, where he refers to the fact that he graduated 10,000 years ago, I'm like smacking my iPod because I'm like, why are you reading this wrong? I had no idea it was written that way. So there, there, every once in a while, it gets a little confusing. And like the last one, um, what was the thing that kept throwing it off? It was platform nine and three quarters was platform nine and three fourths. Like where? So everyone's yeah. 
Yeah, I love it when when it's all capitalized because then it spells it, and then I have oh, to try to figure very, out what yeah. it's spelling. And he talks really fast, and you're like, "Gryffindor." Okay, Gryffindor. That sounds like Gryffindor. That sounds like Gryffindor. Yeah. Well, then, but Lori has a tendency to put words like if she's bolding something, she puts it in like an asterisk word, mm-hmm. ast- and it reads out the asterisks. So it, 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 sometimes it's like it, it's like a it's like a part time job to understand the story at times, but. You know what? This is how all of this comes together. So I am grateful for my for my buddy Alex, who also services me now that Dave has been fired. Good morning, Dave. So <laughs> yeah, it's very sad. So okay, it, it, so, I don't remember oh, which one I have. I think I have Bruce. Do you have Bruce? I think so. Dave, I recommend Dave. D- Dave, where you know, I'd be. Like, I feel like I'm trying to get a job for my old butler here. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out, Dave. So chapters <laughs> four through ten. Before I get to the to the moment where I was like, "Oh my god, this is the best fic ever," followed by, "Oh my god, this is the worst fic ever," followed by, oh, "Okay, it's getting better." <laughs> what did everyone think of chapters four through ten? I started off very excited because it started off, you know, the last four, three chapters had been ooh mystery, and I really enjoyed the first one. But I kind of was a bit up and down through this this section of the story. It was a bit like, oh, I don't know, it, it, it was a little bit too super Harry. Um, yeah. And I, I I just didn't feel it lived up to the tension that it was started. I kind of thought, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. And I really, I'm just not a fan of Napoleon. Everyone says that they really like him, and I just, I just want to punch his little face in. <laughs> that is was it the fact that he had a stiffy for Susan B. Anthony that set you over the top, Keza, or was there more? I, I don't know who Susan B. Anthony is, although you have explained it to me before. I have no idea. I cannot remember. But it's just because he keeps going on about how much he's in love with Hermione. And- I love you. I love you. Is that weird? I love you. Leave her alone. I'm just like, get over yourself. I just, he needs, maybe he needs a good shag. I don't know. Maybe, well, well, maybe that's why he keeps, you know, reminding Hermione how much, you know, he's madly Yeah, it's just like, I felt like we're going on the story. Hermione's like really worried for Harry. He's finally come home and all these things are going wrong. And Napoleon's in the background going, Hermione, I love you. Hermione, you know, you remember, I love you. So I'm thinking, what has this got to do with the story? I'm like, I don't care about Napoleon. And then they go and bring in his ex-wife, and I'm just like, can he just go back home with her, you know? (laughs) And and he didn't, and I was just... (laughs) So then we find out during these chapters, when he's talking to his ex-wife, he's like, I realize the reason I'm in love with Hermione, she reminds me of you. I'm like, that's projection, and that's not a healthy thing. So that was, and so um, yeah, I was just a bit not as excited by them as I was the first one. But there's still some good moments. I love Justin. Justin's yeah, Justin. great. He's good value. He's good value. <laughs> He's good. good value. Well, I, I felt really bad for. I was joking um, in my notes here when uh, w- his boyfriend later on in the story's name is Stephen. When Stephen comes to the house, now here's the thing. You know how you try and make a good first impression. And you know, you, 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 you like, you part, well, maybe no one else here does this, but like, you part your hair and you know, you put like, you know, so much hair gel in it that if you lift any piece of your hair, it all comes up with it. And you, yeah. know, you, you put on like Hagrid's hairy suit from Gobble the Fire and, and you get flowers, which hopefully aren't too dead. And you go over the girl's house and you know, you're sitting at the table and you're so afraid to eat because you keep, you know, like, Verping in your mouth because you're just like shaking and you're sweating and you know it's, you know typical date 
And, you know, your girlfriend's father at the dinner table implies that you're a whore. Your little problem gave you some big brassy balls. There's those moments when you just know this date is not going to work out the way you thought. You have to feel for Justin when he invites Steven over the house to meet everybody, and he forgets the fact that his roommate is a homicidal mage. (laughs) I thought... Yeah, I thought that was awkward. And then poor Stephen goes over. He's like, don't you dare call him a fag. And Harry blows him across the entire grounds over Guard Tower B. And he, like, lands in, like, the like the hen area. And all I could picture is that is such a hate crime. But did Justin, did they really know that Harry was, I don't know, see, oh, I suppose they did. I'm just thinking they didn't know that he was going to go off. Justin wasn't there when he did the thing in the playground. Was he there so, when he when he stopped the weather at Nana's funeral? Cause I yes, because he had to put up the memory charm. <laughs> <laughs> he significantly glances at every person at the funeral. So I kept thinking, I have to tell you, I kept thinking there was something wrong there. Because as we know, as we know, I am I am a very good guesser. I'm a, I'm a very good guesser. Mm-hmm. I predict things very well. I have to tell you, I actually predicted something today, and I was accurate, and I was one of many people, all of whom are smarter than me, who predicted it. So now I'm thinking, I'm like, ooh, whoever, you know, laid that clue really needs to get on it, because if I found it, you know, it's, you know, small children (laughs) will figure this out. So, when okay, we meet Nana. Now, Nana is the cool, like, she is just a cool shit. I like Nana. Nana is okay in my book. She's just, and I know a Nana. I know a woman named Lillian who's 92 years old who has her own MySpace page. Like, I know people like Nana. So, Hermione is at, at the ID section, and she gets the call that Nana died. Now, usually, the, the fact that Nana dies is, is very, very, you know, like, losing a grandparent is very hard. It was, it was awkward for me because the way Hermione reacted to the news it was almost like Nana had been murdered <laughs> like she like i thought her her emotions there were a little bit mildly overblown but right after it's over napoleon's like oh you know she spent it's the end of the line it's like the it's the last line in the asterisks napoleon's like oh yeah you know she spent summers at their grandmother's house you know they were very close and all i could picture was how do you know that napoleon was it when you were torturing nana for information she let it slip Hello. So I was convinced from that point forward that Napoleon was an enemy spy who had killed and murdered Nana to get closer to Hermione. I thought Nana had been murdered as well. I thought that they'd come and, like, Allegra had, like, you know, done stuff to her. Well, it just doesn't make sense. Like, who goes after Grandma? Like, that, like, I don't know. That just seemed a little, but whatever. I really did enjoy Nana. I did. Yeah, Nana was great. Maybe she was just didn't really have a use for so she just killed off the character. Well, no, it's like what, what she does. It's like in Cheese Fick. She's like, oh, look, I- I'm James Potter's mother. Look how cute I am. I'm like, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it served a purpose to bring Nana in and then kill her off because then Hermione went to seek Harry's comfort because she was sad about it. And that's when, you know, homicidal maniac Harry turned on her. I don't know what my thoughts are on Mage Harry because, like, I... I skimmed one other fic with Mage Harry. It was, um, the author is, uh, Joe6991, I think. He publishes over at Fiction Alley. And he wrote, um, a three-part series. It's, like, Soul of the Hero, Truth of the Hero, 
tire gauge of the hero. I forget. There's there's three, <laughs> there's three stories that involve the hero in some capacity, and I usually I'll like pick like a chapter near the end, and I'll skim it, but I'll like squint so I can't see you know any clues, even though I can't read it. So then I unsquint to read it, and then I read all the clues, and I pretend I didn't see those. And I hope I forget them, which I usually do. But and there was a scene. It was literally Harry, the Prime Minister of Australia. Which means because he was elected as an MP and then became, you know. The Labour Party has the most people in Parliament. So he's like the Prime Minister of Australia and he is battling the weather. He's outside of, you know, wherever the Prime Minister of Australia works or, you know, does his Prime Ministerly duties. And he he's outside with Dumbledore who looks perplexed and, he, you know, every all these, all these <laughs> perplexed people. And he is shooting the sky and he, there's this storm which will just it's like the storm from end of days and he shoots it and the earth like splits in half are you watching star trek and dumbledore is like oh my and oh. harry <laughs> put, he, he, he super glues the world back together and everything's fine and i'm like okay, you're 11 years old and you have ed in my mind these you you, you cannot be the same person <laughs> Like, this does not work for me. So, I, I, Mage Harry, it's like, oh, God, you know, he, he, I don't know, it's... What is a mage, anyway? Like, is it, like, some kind of super... Yeah, it's like super wizard or something. Who made that up? They have a the lot of The term's been around. I read it in another <laughs> book. Like, a book book. Yeah. And actually, the guy... A real book. <laughs> well, Tell us more about the book book. <laughs> no, a book book, not a fan fiction. <laughs> One of those things like unicorns and stuff, they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> and they th- well, the- let's make Harry a mage so he's super. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think mage Harry is my thing because it just, it doesn't interest me. That, like, okay, you can wave your wand and you can make feathers float. You can kill people. You can take over their minds. You can make them hurt a lot. You can make things flip out of their hands. And the same spell also knocks them unconscious. And the same spell also kills dark wizards. You can make gills grow out of your neck. You can blast holes in rocks. And you can apparently prevent the person you're about to have sex with from getting pregnant. And if you use the spell properly, you can get an erection, which we will also talk about because apparently Keza also just read a fic where there is a very convenient spell for that. If you would like to know this fic and you're over the age of 18, please email Keza at powerficweekly.com and she will be standing by to The assist. thing is, I don't know where it is anymore because I just was on Checkmate and I just accioed a story and I don't know what it is. I can't tell you. Well, search for erection. How many stories can there be in the Harry Potter fandom that have erections? Like, this one was Ron, though. This was Ron and Hermione in, and Pudding. So let your mind go there. Oh, I think I've read that one. I'll send you the link after. But, um, <laughs> no, so, okay, so this is the Harry. He can already do all of those things. But now, like, who was the person who sat down, like, 12 years ago in this fandom? I know there, were no, there was no fandom 12 years ago. That was a ha-ha funny. But who sat down and said, you know what? Harry needs to just be really powerful. Like, w- like, why? Why do you need to? I don't know. So I, I don't get mage stories. All right, let me jump off here. Let me tell. This is the, the point in these chapters where I had a very good, good, good reaction to the story. Harry goes to the gala. Harry sees Napoleon. Harry punches Napoleon's lights out. <laughs> I was like, Holmes. yes. 
Yes, right. Keza is dancing, and, and Sue <laughs> is cheerful, and Ray is like, oh my god, I'm getting married in eight days, and my florist just killed himself. So, you know, we're, we're going down the list. Really happy. Also, that is true, actually. <laughs> well, Ray put the funniest quote on the Puffle forum. She's like, oh my god, my, I'm getting married in two weeks, and my florist died. And then a few minutes later, she's like, oh my god, he killed himself. That selfish bastard. Did he know I was getting married? <laughs> <So>. I was pissed. <laughs> Did you find well, another florist? Yes. She ripped the flowers off his gravestone and she's using them. <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm doing the flowers myself. And so I was getting them from this florist and we were going to put them together at the shop. So shop is no longer there. I have no flowers. I can't get anywhere. Is it possible? Yeah. Can you go to the flower markets? I went to the flower yes. markets. We did find something oh. else. Yeah. I went to the flower markets and I brought them home and kept them in the bathtub. We don't really have a flower <laughs> did, you, did you not need to bathe? Like, how we did, did that work? We have a shower. Oh, so I put them in the bathtub because we never use the bathtub in our flat. Australians don't bathe. You heard the air first apart. <laughs> no, we do. We shower. We use the shower. The bath is separate from the shower. So I put water in the bath and put my roses in the bath because we all use the shower to wash ourselves. That is so ending right. up in the, in the, in the, in the episode title. <laughs> we all use the shower. To wash ourselves. Like, I don't know. I can make you... Australians say the darndest things. So anyway. So so Harry comes home after just punching Napoleon's lights out. Now at this point, Hermione should realize, Harry's been very angry lately. You know, maybe I should keep a taser on me just in case. Get a clue. So, so they get back to the house and she's like, all right, Harry, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be in the cloister if you would need me. So she grabs a flashlight and a map and she goes off in search of her bedroom, which is, you know, <laughs> it's the very large oval one and on the starboard side of the building. So Harry walks into the kitchen and Laura is sitting at the table and she's like, hey, Harry, how are you? And Harry turns around and says the equivalent of, oh, go yourself <gasps> and then leaves the kitchen. And Laura's like. That was awkward. What the hell was that up was with that? And I'm thinking to myself, this is not Harry. Harry is not mean. Harry's a very good person. Something is going to happen. So Harry's walking up the stairs with, you know, the tea that he got for Hermione. I'm like, oh my god. He's going to poison Hermione. He can he, he is possessed by Satan and he is going, something is wrong and, and I don't have it. Hermione, don't drink the tea. Do not drink the tea. So he gets up to the bedroom. And Hermione's sitting on the bed, and she's like, you know, Harry, we need to talk about this. You have to stop punching out co-workers. It is not going well for you. And <laughs> Harry's like, oh, silly Hermione, have some tea. <laughs> and I'm like, don't drink the tea. <laughs> and she's like, oh, by the way, have you seen Laura? And he's like, no, no, I haven't seen her. Why do you ask? And I'm like, <gasps> this thing is wrong I had the here. same reaction. <laughs> I was that's- like, he lied. I'm with Starfleet. We don't lie. Shut, Shut up, Wesley. Wesley. <laughs> and then this is when I this is when I stopped reading. Something happened. Like Danielle's like, "Can you grate the cheese?" And it's the only thing she lets me do in the kitchen. So I was all excited. So I went off and grated the cheese, and I forgot about the story. <laughs> but I was thinking to myself as I grated the cheese, I'm like, "Okay, what's going on here?" He he returned from his two month absence. Did he come back a changed person? Has it been you know? Has he been putting on act all this time? You know, is he possessed by... Then I'm thinking to myself, as I'm grating the cheese, I'm like, he's possessed by Ron, and Ron is pissed at Laura for some reason. Like, I'm, I have all of these thoughts in my head. And then I convinced myself that when Harry was in, um, when, when he was 
kidnapped or wherever he was for two months, he knew that he would be used against you know the idea and that he he was going to come back for nefarious purposes so he memorized a line he said it over and over you know it never ends it never ends knowing that Hermione would pick up on him in his sleep and I'm picturing all these different things in my head and I came back to the story you know a day later and I was all excited and I picked the story up and as it turns out Harry's just mean and it's like you know just an ass hat he's he's just an ass hat and justin's like hey harry we're going out for some subs would you like anything oh hate subs bastard and it's like he's just he's like he's just angry and that's it and i'm like really really that's it and then he's having rough sex with hermione i'm like hold on let me get this straight hey she likes you (laughs) yeah let me get this straight hermione's dating gerald and she's having sex with him all over the place in showers and beds. God knows what they were doing in the in, in that winter arboretum. You know, all like like <laughs> it's unseemly. And as it turns out, that was not Gerald. It was actually Draco Malfoy. She was used <laughs> for sex, and now she finds this nice guy named Harry, but he's possessed by. God knows who, some evil spirit, and the evil spirit is having rough sex with Hermione. Like, when, okay, here's the deal. What I think Hermione should do is when she gets into bed with people, she should give them, like, some form of identification test and have them pee in a cup. (laughs) Because I have to feel that she just needs therapy by this point, because I, I, I don't think it's going well for her. I think Hermione has problems. (laughs) <laughs> but that but that was my best of times, worst of times moment. When when Harry like when his eyes died and he talked in another voice, it's like those bad Star Trek episodes where Counselor <laughs> Troy gets taken over by the alien because they can't communicate with us. Like they can do all these things but they can't speak. So they just talk <laughs> through her because she has cleavage and I don't know but she talks <laughs> like a deaf man. And it's like it's so awkward, and it's I don't know. So at that point, I thought the story was awful, and it's like every scene, and then the characters were strange. It's like okay, we've witnessed him talking with a with you know someone else's voice, and he's punching everybody, and he's you know committing hate crimes left and right, and they're like, hmm, we should keep an eye on him, send him back to work. It's like okay, yeah. <laughs> people deserve it. There's nothing so I, wrong, really. I think it took them an extraordinarily long amount of time to figure out that there was something wrong with Harry. I mean, Harry doesn't go around punching Napoleon. Harry doesn't go around, you know, with this thing in, with the school kids or whatever. And they just kind of go, yeah, well, can't find anything wrong. Off you go. I'm like, they take, it takes until he like, sort of like throws people across the room at home before they get a clue and, and like strap him down or something. I thought it took a bit long for them to. Well, figure it was it a out. very it was a very tense scene because, as you can tell, George is cooking something which tasted awful, and he was about to have just a memory charm everyone into thinking it was the best thing they <laughs> ever tasted. And Harry like drops the pudding or whatever the, the hell it was on the floor, and he starts gyrating. And George is like, um. Could everyone step into the kitchen, please? Which is what I would do. If I found out there were, like, a live bomb in my kitchen, I would gather everyone into the kitchen for a family meeting. Wait, and... wouldn't you run? Like, I would yeah. like, everybody get out. Harry's about to explode. <laughs> run, Let's run. go get Napoleon. <laughs> you know, everyone like, get run. out, get out. I think I smell some smoke back here.
then we have the perfect example. Hermione's like, no, we can't leave. It will take us too long to reach the exit. It's half a mile away. We need to stay and try and disarm him. And she grabs his belt and tries to take his pants off. And I don't know. So it, was, it just was an awkward scene. But I actually did really like that scene. I thought that was a really good... Um... Uh, it was a good scene. I just thought they took a long time to get there. I think that should have been like, bam, yes. that should have been the first scene. Yeah, Not all this it. rubbish... Well, it like- should have been smaller, like the thing that where he he snaps at Laura in the kitchen, where not everybody sees it, and it should like a bunch of isolated incidents. But I think when they did that thing, where all the ID people saw it, because Harry blasts this guy, yeah, um, I, like everyone saw it, they should have confined him. Then it should have been left to you know he walks in on Justin, significantly glares at him, and Justin thinks, hmm, something's wrong, and then he walks Justin in on George. Justin looks around, he's like, <laughs> who would you like to be the memory charm? There's no one else here. <laughs> You know, then he walks in on George and, and, you know, says something like really nasty about Fred or something and, and George is left standing there with his mouth hanging up and going, oh, something's wrong. You know, so and we then, all- Well, then everyone, like, is so, like, upset, but no one tells anyone else. So they're all sitting around the kitchen table and, like, George starts to cry and Laura's like, George, what's wrong? And puts her hand, like, on his and he's like, Harry insulted my muffins. Oh my god, you told me to fuck off just the other night. And they're like, oh my god, you too. And it all comes out and they realize he must be killed. But yeah, it's like, it needed to be a lot of little moments. Instead, it's like Harry at the gymnasium saying to Hermione, I'm glad your grandma died. I hated her. It's like, oh my god, you don't say that. So mean. It's like Harry shoots a Maltese puppy at work, and everyone's like, ooh, he seems a little angry lately. Do they want to Yeah, they're, they're little, go on your life. do 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 it is awful. Hey guys, Kronk Aaron, who is joining us this evening, yep. just signed online. We're going to call him cold. He's been here for 10 seconds. He has no idea we're going to do this. <laughs> Let's add him to the call right away and just see what happens. Maybe he'll be eating a cookie. <laughs> right now it's ringing. He's like, oh crap, oh crap. Hey, hey Aaron, how are you? I'm good. How's the mic How's today? <laughs> Uh, uh, give me a sec. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh crap, um, I'm not wearing pants. Hold on. <laughs> that's okay. You don't pa- need pa- pants. Are, wait a second. Are pants required for podcasting? Uh, that, no. That's new. If you're a judge and if you're podcasting, you never have to wear pants. Okay. 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 Well, Ray's single for another eight days. So she's like, ooh, n- a guy, no pants. I have time. Left, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, good evening, everybody. Kazo, Sue, Ray. Hello. Hi. Hello. Are you shaving, buddy? <laughs> I swear to God, you guys pick up every ambient. No, I'm surprised you don't hear my ceiling fan. Um, I feel so bad for this guy because he has, like, the connection where if he blinks, he's got, like, it's like the classic Star Trek episode. Yes, it is 2 o'clock in the morning, so I'm making classic <laughs> Star Trek references. They're all on the, on the Enterprise, and they're trying to find the man hiding on the ship. Gentlemen, that sound is caused by the heartbeats of all the people on board the ship. So Spock is like, I'm using this white sound device. And it's a microphone they bought at, like, Toys R Us. To mask out each person's heartbeat so that it will be eliminated from the sounds we are hearing. Like, just like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> So every time that Aaron blinks, I hear it like someone's playing the drums. So he unfortunately has a really hard time podcasting. So we'll just be. <laughs> well, I see. It doesn't give me a hard time podcasting. It just gives the editors a hard time. Right, Kazza? Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> trying really down. hard to not say anything <laughs> mean. You can say what you can say it. I can take it. I'm, I'm, you know. Yeah, your microphone stinks. Dumps <laughs> in the face. Stupid thing. Dump, 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 dump. Now I have a question though. Who has the worst microphone, Aaron or Julia? There you go. Thank you. Julia, this is for you, babe. Mazel tov. As she's talking, she's like, what? What? You can hear something? I can't hear anything. What are you? Oh, is it because my big loopy earring is smashing against the microphone? Oh, do you think I can take that off? At least I'm not the low man on the totem pole. Exactly. And then when it finally stops, her clock goes off. Oh, it's because I'm moving. I'm going to stop moving now. I say, there you go now. I'm like, just stop moving. Why do you have to move? Because you, you can't sit still the whole time. That's that's just silly. Well, Cheese microphone was so bad, I mailed her a new one with a note on it that said I can't take it anymore. And two months later, she's like, my microphone broke. I'm like, what happened to the microphone? I just sent you a microphone. She's like, oh, my cat ate it. I'm like, your cat ate your microphone. I was so pissed. That's like, a real no problem. You know, cats, they, they like microphones. They they think they taste like, I don't know, tuna or something. Maybe they get electrocuted. <laughs> that just made me mad. My right, cat so, leaves mine alone. My cat leaves ours alone because I hate it. You hate your microphone or you hate your cat? I hate the cat. Cat. <laughs> you hate your cat? Aww. How can you hate a cat? Cats are wonderful. Don't say this oh. in front of Sue. Got- Sue has a rabbit that thinks it's a chicken. Like, don't say <laughs> Our cat has got these evil little beady eyes that bore through your soul. <laughs> it's trying to do a memory <laughs> charm. It's like giving you a significant... <laughs> Uh, man, what is it with memory charms these days? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. All right, so Aaron, jump in anywhere in these chapters you would like. This is our second time podcasting on it. Uh, we've covered the fact that it would be nice if perhaps, perhaps, when Lori wrote this, she included more quiet scenes of evil Harry rather than him, like, beating Hermione up at the gym saying, I hate your grandma, I'm glad she's dead. That was where I started saying, okay, you know what? These people are too stupid. I don't care about the story anymore. <laughs> but it got better from there. What do you think? Well, Chapters 4 through 10. What do you think? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I, I agree that uh, he, there could have been more quiet scenes. Honestly, you know, evil Harry, he comes in and he's obviously evil. Like, if, if he was really evil, he would, like, be all, like, subtle and he would be quiet and he would, and he would, he would speak with honeyed words instead of the beating them over the head with how evil he is. He attacks a, like a very nice gay man right there in his kitchen. Like it's uh, awful. He yeah. he's very narrow minded. <laughs> oh my god! It, it was just it was it was terrible. I'm waiting for the scene. I'm sorry. I'm waiting for the scene in the next round of chapters where Hermione's walking. She's like, "Is that why the sex was so?" <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Kids <laughs>, laughs and it's hysterical. Starts a debate with yourself. <laughs> Do I tell people about it or I? Just accept it and like it. Hermione establishes a new sex policy. Whoever she sleeps with is required to wear a name tag. <laughs> It'll still be Harry, yeah. so that doesn't help your situation much. Harry 2. Harry yeah. 1 and Harry 2. I love how they call him Harry 2 with no space. It's like they give him an internet handle. <laughs> like like Gen it's like Gen 2. Like Gen 2, exactly. So is Gen 2 the evil side of our regular Gen? Is it like, you know, like it's played by the same actress, but she has like the black eyes. She has the show, but she's, she's the evil side of me. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, she is. That does not work. I do not think so. Okay. What do you mean we... it doesn't work? No, I have a question for you. Because it doesn't work. You're Australian and you're from the future. It doesn't work. 
Let me ask you this. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Discuss. Uh, um, I, I like failed <laughs> to read the Buffy the Vampire Slayer sections because it put me to sleep. I therefore skimmed. And I'm unable to participate in this section of the podcast. <laughs> see, the thing is, I never got Buffy and I never got vampires. And every time I see the word vampire in a Harry Potter fan fiction, I kind of go, ugh. And I recently started reading one and then I realized it was going to be a Twilight crossover and I stopped oh reading it. And so when they brought in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I was like, hmm. Why do we, where is there a vampire? There is no vampire. So why are we reading about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? So I began to skim. Well, there's this whole concept that. (laughs) Introduce this whole concept that Harry and and Buffy are friends somehow. Like Buffy's inviting him to her her wedding. And it's like, I I don't. I don't see how that would happen exactly. I mean, yes, they're both, you know, whatever, heroes or something. Is she American? She's from California. He's from England. I don't know how they would ever get in contact with each other, honestly. It's well, really the internet. I mean, it's not like, you know, like, <laughs> there, there is I'm some from technology. I'm Australia, and I'm in contact with people in California. Ooh. Yeah, but there's no internet in the Wizarding World. Why not? He's Harry, too. I don't know. That's pretty much Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He drives a Jeep. <laughs> when, when Hermione comes back from, from taking her, her test to get into the ID... They're like, ooh, she's really grimy. She smells bad. But you know what? We can't put her in the shower now. Like, Scourgeify would probably help a little bit. These people are muggles. They're muggles. They have the internet. I, I tell you, Lori comes up with some excellent uh, magical devices. I, I I really like a lot of the, the the little stuff she comes up with, but then she just completely forgets about magic for a lot of yeah. little mundane details. It seems, you know, stuff that other fanfiction authors like scourgeify, and you know, then oh, you're 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 clean. She just does something else. Where if someone would apparate, she has them drive a jeep. Now she finally has them apparating in the second book, but you know, it's it, it always it always made it seem a little off for me. But, uh, yeah, it's like, the t- it's like the time that, G- the, that George disappears and Fred's like, oh my god! I'm like, he probably apparated. Calm down. <laughs> I was like, I'm reading this. I'm like, why is he so... I found as it went on more and more, she seemed to forget that they were witches and wizards more and more. It got more muggle as it went along. Yeah. I found. It really did. Like, she seemed to forget. Because when you get to the third book, I was just like, these people aren't even wizards anymore. They're just muggle. <laughs> it's like when we read Coven of Echoes. Coven of Echoes was a play. It was a mystery. It involved the Harry Potter characters, but they really didn't need to. It could be a supernatural episode of whatever. It could, it could be a Buffy episode. I mean, there was nothing in there that, that linked it to Harry Potter other than the fact that the characters are named Harry and Ginny and Hermione and Ron. I mean, that was it. But if you get into the universe, it's it's it, it's a it's a good story, but it's not canon-esque. This isn't a story that could... It's not like we're reading Melinda Leo, who you could substitute it for what Joe Rowling writes, and you could actually see this be printed in the book. Aside from the, the Harry Ginny sex scene, I thought you know that was a little too risque. You know, Melinda, you know, I think got a little drunk that night and we you know, went nuts. But, um, <laughs> oh, you think that was too risque? In, well, for, for the canon novels. Like, I can't imagine Joe writing that in Deathly Hallows. <laughs> and, like, all these eight-year-olds are reading it. Mommy, what's that mean? And it's all the words that Keza uses in the Restricted Podcast. Honestly, like, oh you know, <laughs> Joe got... I didn't think Joe was all that far from that in, in the seventh book, honestly. Like, no, she quit. said slut. She said slut, and she had... There was plenty of, of sexual references in Deathly Hollows. I Ron must have a very pure mind, because I did on. not catch them. 
Ron referenced <laughs> Y-Fronts at one point, but to what, to what are you referring? I'm lost. <laughs> Gosh, you know, um, I may be over overstating it, honestly. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps I'm just, perhaps I'm remembering a fanfic. Who knows? You know, this. <laughs> I, I think you're thinking of the Lavender Brown collection, which will soon be featured on. <laughs> no, there's there was no, uh, you know, Ron and Hermione, you know, romping around the entire time. In, in the canon, when he says the entire time, he means the entire time, but, like um, literally the entire time. Literally, it's, the, it's the their relaxing the battle. Anyone know where Harry is? Dude, Harry gets his back on in that series too, but that's you know a different different fix. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you know they're all looking for Harry in the final battle, and they know it's his car in the parking lot is shaking, and no one knows why. <laughs> the, the hand, is that cheap to rock? Window is, the back the back window is misted, and his hand comes up and, and slides down. <laughs> <laughs> and then he paints her, and then the book paints. <laughs> no, no, he paints her. Paints her first. And she <laughs> and he has an old man, after. and he has a hand much too old. And then, and then they're on a door, and she's like, "I want to let go, Jack." And she punches him, and he falls in the water and drowns. Surprise! <laughs> Wave. She does dead. jump in after him some fifty years later. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She. No, you're thinking she of the does. commercial. No, right she at throws... the end, when she's an old woman, she jumps no, in the water. No, 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 no. You're thinking of the of the Yellow Pages commercial. In the movie, she throws the diamond into the water. There's a Yellow Pages commercial where they reenact it, and she throws the diamond into the water, and she's like, "Ah, oh, shit!" And she jumps in after it. Then you see her grab her Yellow Pages, and then you it's see a wet grandma walking out of a pawn shop with like a billion dollars cash in her hand, and they're like, "They're never pages? seen that because we don't have." It's metaphorical. She throws the diamond in, and yeah. then then she, like, dies in her bed. Yeah, like she dies right after that. But then she's down, like, with them. She metaphorically jumped in with when she threw in that diamond. She was giving up her life to be with Jack again. Well, I get that, but she actually didn't jump off the side of the damn boat. Like, it, no, like she was little... too old to do that. Too old. She could have fallen over the edge. <laughs> she could have made it. She, uh, there's an age limit on falling off a boat. I mean, she couldn't <laughs> climb over the railing, yes. then, see? See, she yes. climbed you over must... the railing when she was 18, and he saved her, but she was too. Oh, she couldn't get a leg up. No, you can't, you can't climb over the rail and jump into the water unless you're under the age of uh, 65. Let's just pick a random but, number. Because you can't get your leg up over the railing. It makes sense to me. I still haven't seen okay. that movie. I never actually saw Billy Zane was really good in Titanic. I really like his character. Billy Zane? Oh, he's I used that for a unique thing once. I, never I took used Prisoner of Azkaban and Titanic to illustrate my point. It was very good. Sorry, I never I took it that she died. I took it that... Every night in her dreams, she saw him. That's how I... No, and no, 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 because that's what waiting for that's here. That's the song. She... Yeah. Aaron, that's can you song. please sing the song for me? Maybe that will jar my memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I will not... Uh... That will not is. sing Celine Dion. Turn around. I'll feel you. That is how I know you. Go on. <laughs> 
We can move on now. Let's go back to Buffy or something. Well, wait, wait, wait. We're not. This isn't a Titanic podcast. <laughs> oh no, no sorry. No, you want the other one? I only oh, know what I've heard from people. I've never actually seen it. Really? Well, that's the, the whole thing. She yeah. meets him. She pushes him off the boat. She dies. Awesome. That's great. That is yep. not what happened. <laughs> the boat hits an iceberg and it sinks. That's pretty much the plot of the story. Forgot about that. That's that. pretty boring, actually. Well, it's like, it's like cheese fic. You know they're going to die. And you yeah. meet all these cute, lovely people. And you know they're going to die. Wait, it's she like dies at 107. Dies. I mean, like, everyone's oh, not her, going to die. The rest of them. The rest Some of them, them all live. die. Some of them live. Oh, Evil bastard yeah. guy lives and kills himself later on. Who who is the um the rich woman who survives? She makes it into the boat. Why are we talking about Titanic? It's too hard. <laughs> All right. But like the All brown right. woman, yeah. Yeah. Yes, the br- <laughs> We're calling her the brown woman now. Apparently. All right. Now, can I just say here that Lori has very interesting expressions that she uses from time to time. Now, in past episodes, we've covered, uh, for example. Harry compares longing of an orphan for his parents to how it, that feeling of loss sneaks up on you. She compares it to having, you know, a relative sleep on your couch and not get the hint to leave, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> um, at one point during these chapters, Hermione references the fact that Harry has the charm of an adulterer. <laughs> That's great. Like, let's repeat that for a moment. <clears throat> Harry has the charm of Senator John Edwards. Like, um... Who's that? Today is the day that we learned that John Edwards is cheating on Elizabeth, which is the equivalent in American politics of John Edwards shooting a puppy on television. It's not going to go well for him. Yeah. I miss him. I should really watch the news. John Edwards is a senator from senator from North Carolina. Former Central presidential His wife is like this very sweet woman that everyone loves, and she got diagnosed with terminal cancer, and she's like, I'm not going to let this cancer beat me, and she's very active, and she's always has a smile on her face, and she has young children, and he cheated on her, apparently. So. We're oh, is that the one? Oh, no, that's all right. Some, someone, the judge, said he was entitled to privacy. Maybe that wasn't. I think that was Hulk Hogan. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I heard about Clinton. Well, that was 12 years ago. <laughs> I thought you were from the future. Why is this so... I should call you I should call you on an election day to see who wins early. Okay. So, back to you. Um, <laughs> because the election hasn't happened here yet. So, going through here, uh, just jumping through my notes. George, you revel in your gayness, fairy princess. Uh, <laughs> I love that Significant glance. Well, you know, Justin is almost too gay to function, so, you know. <laughs> you were going to say something else. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's late in the night and I'm giggling at the thought of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, George and Justin, I know he's apparently very straight. I don't care. I think it would work well. But just to get serious for a moment, let's see how we can do with it. I did really like the conversation that Harry has with Justin. It's the point where Hermione's sleeping on the bench and Harry is sitting there and she's, you know, resting on his lap. And I always find that, you know, a really cute moment when that happens to me in real life. But after like an hour, I'm like the guy who's reaching for the remote control, but it's four feet out of my reach. And I'm trying to like carry <laughs> the wife to grab the remote because I don't want to wake her. But I'm like, okay, I've done my good deed of the day. I've sat here for like an hour and a half and I need to get the, the, or it's like you can't reach your laptop and you want to go on Puffwa, and it's like a, 
It's awful. Oh, just push him off. Yeah, exactly. You like knock your kids on the floor. Get off. Like, no, no, get off. You, 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 you rolled. Were you having a nightmare? It's awful. So um, <laughs> he's talking to Justin. And Justin is, you know, he. I, I love the, the way that Justin describes love. It, you know, for Harry, it's something that he needs to survive. And for Justin, you know, while all love is work and relationships are work, for Justin, it is just, it is so much work to get right. And he has to invest so much effort into it that he ends up going for, you know, the casual thing more often because... He that that's just where his comfort zone more, and I love it. There's even a reference in here for the fact that you know, for Justin, it's not worth spending three hours you know preparing for an evening. And all I can picture is he's saying this to Harry, who spends three hours doing other things that have nothing to do with any type of preparation. <laughs> and while we're on this too, can I just say in one of the scenes where Harry has wild monkey sex with Hermione, it, it ends the scene, and the next scene begins with, the following day, I'm like, oh my god, they were up there for like 19 <laughs> hours. Was, Wasn't it a few uh, days yeah. later? <laughs> I'm waiting for Hermione. To, yeah, it was yeah, like you're right, it was a few, da- a few days later. I'm like, oh my god, Hermione's going to have to walk I don't think they meant it to be that quite the same transition. I think it was just more... A few days passed after that scene, and then we're into no, the next no. scene. But it, Hermione is walking I, around with they a were cane in bed after for that. A few days. And, and Harry's walking around <laughs> with dead eyes. He's like, <laughs> but um, I don't know. But and just I just want to get to some of these other expressions here. Um, there was one point where Harry realized that Hermione smelled of shampoo and fresh sweat. <laughs> yeah. Which is a- <laughs> kind of a bizarre combination. You don't yeah, yeah. expect fresh sweat and shampoo to be. You, you expect wouldn't expect to smell those at the same time. You know, you expect maybe soap and shampoo, or you know, sweat and dirt or something. But you know, don't expect, or you know, I don't know. Don't don't expect to smell something that's clean and also something that's dirty at the same time. Does anybody <laughs> like the smell of fresh sweat? What is like, fresh really? sweat? Can you define fresh sweat for Well, me? it's different to stale sweat, I guess. Yeah. You have yeah. no idea what you're talking about. There's something... I do! Stale sweat is the sweat of a boy's room. You know that boy's room? Well, you can't smell it because yeah. you're a boy, but there's a boy's there, room no... smell. That's stale yeah. sweat. No, Daniel's brother's room needs to be decontaminated. I, I swear to God, he cleans out his room and he finds, like, birthday cake from five years ago in there. So I, <laughs> I, I understand. I'm actually a really, yeah. I'm a neat freak. So I, I can understand that a little bit. On the fresh sweat, I'm, I'm a little confused, as I was at some of the other um, expressions that we had um, in the story. Uh, just jumping through here, for example, let's see if I can find you another one. Um, Something about what's the mo? Yeah, at one Just point. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> at one point. Just okay. That was it. Now, okay. So Harry's walking up the stairs. Now, all I can picture is, don't drink the tea. Don't drink the tea. So, and, and fortunately, the tea turned out not to be anything. So then, you know, okay. We know something's wrong here. So Harry's at work and he has his, you know, he has his apron on and he has his hair up in the hair net and he's vacuuming. And the See, George rings. or Harry? Yeah, and, and the doorbell rings. He's like, "Oh, get it!" And he skips over to the door and he opens the door. And there's a woman standing there with a smile on her face. And all I can picture is, "You bitch, you're responsible for all of this. You kidnapped him." And she's like, "Hi, I'm the wedding planner." And I'm like, "That's a likely story." Jennifer like, Lopez? Oh. What? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, come into my home past all the external defenses where no one can hear me scream. Yeah. So he into the house. And he's, he's like, now, my lovely fiance obviously forgot to tell me you were coming. So just a mo, I'll go call her. And I'm like, <laughs> Harry in his life would never use the expression just, just a mo. Just a mo. So I'm pretty sure Harry over. also wouldn't trust somebody that much that quickly. Yes. Even who are that you? Was... Like yeah, like, just on her words. Yeah, like who, like who saw the movie? Um, My fellow Americans with Jack Lemmon and James Garner. Has anyone seen that movie? No, Net- no. it's been a while. If anyone, if anyone, if you have not seen that movie, Netflix it. It's a great movie. Um, James Garner plays a former president, and he um he's doing a book signing. So he's at this you know he's at this big building, and there's all these exhibits. He's he's one of the people there, and he's doing a book signing. And he got a note that he needs to sneak away without the Secret Service to meet somebody in an alleyway somewhere. So he needs to make a distraction. So some kid comes up with his lunch order. And he calls over Chet, his Secret Service agent. And he's like, um, Chet, I didn't order lunch. And he's like, I understand, sir. And all the Secret Service agents beat the crap out of the, the sub delivery guy. And while they're doing that, he sneaks out the back. So it was, it was very similar to that in the scene. I'm picturing, you know, he lets the wedding planner in and she, and she's in his house where she can kill him and no one can stop it. And he goes and calls Hermione. He's like, Hermione, dear, you forgot to tell me the wedding planner was coming today. And I was waiting for her to be like, Harry. I didn't hire a wedding planner. Get out of there! But it didn't happen, and then, of course, oh, poo, I forgot. Um, give her some coffee, and I'll be home. You know, and Harry comes back in, and he's wearing, you know, now Snape's peacock yellow pantsuit, and uh, I don't know. Like, this is the part of the story where I was just like, nothing, like, there's so many great moments where it could be a blood device, and it's, I, okay, that was my problem. There was, like, a two-chapter period here, where Harry was getting randomly evil and there were no consequences to his evilness. And there were points where there could be twists and layers to the story where I felt it was extremely straightforward and I was expecting more twists. And for for a two-chapter stretch, it felt like the story that shall not be named where all Harry did for the entire fic was lay on his couch and watch old MASH episodes. <laughs> so for two chapters, I'm like, I'm bored. Yes, Harry's evil. Oh, isn't that sad? Oh, the wedding planner's here. Oh, Hermione, you bad organizer with your time, you, because that's so in character. Which is really not very believable, because Hermione is the person who gives people gifts that are diaries that yell at you when you forget to do something. Exactly. You know? (laughs) So it's like, oh, I forgot the wedding planner. Like, how did Hermione forget the wedding planner? So yeah, I expected her to be someone evil as well, but she wasn't. She was just a yeah, and I, and and I felt bad because I invested a lot of hatred into the wedding planner, and apparently <laughs> she was there just to make all of their lives easier. And yeah, <laughs> and and kind of flit in and out of the story without leaving much impact. Yeah, it was like filler, and I didn't think we needed filler. I think they want. I think that uh, Laurie wanted to get us up to date with what was going on with the wedding without you know just kind of having you know Harry say so. What's going on with the wedding today? To his Hermione, who of course knows that he knows perfectly well what's going on, and it would be kind of contrived that way. Whereas this way, so you need someone to be a cabbage head in the scene to ask the question. Yeah, they need they needed somebody to be a uh, an exposition whore. In other words, can I just tell you something? I was watching a Star Trek episode tonight with Danielle, and it was one where um, it's Picard. Cr- just keep laughing, Kes, and see where it gets you. It was Picard, <laughs> Crusher, and Worf in a shuttle, and it's the one where they're where Picard gets captured by the Cardassian and tortured. 
and they're going on this undercover mission, so they're all wearing black. <laughs> yes. And they, have, like, masks. they all have ski masks. Oh, God. So weird. And Picard... Why was Picard, Picard on that mission? That made no sense. I don't get... That made me so mad. All right, hold on. So anyway, so they're going on the mission, and Picard's like, we're going into Cardassian space. The Cardassians have developed a metagenic weapon. And he said it just like that, too. He like, looked at the camera, and he's like, a metagenic weapon. And he talked like he was Russian. It was really weird. And cause he's, he's, he's French with a British accent, so the Russian threw me. And even though I didn't realize he was speaking with a British accent for 10 years, I'm like, oh my god, Patrick Stewart's British? It really? Yeah. And um, so I'm watching it, and Beverly Crusher, the doctor's like, a metagenic weapon. My god. And Worf is like, I am not familiar with metagenic weapons. Please explain it to me. And Daniel leans over. I'm so glad he asked that. I don't know what it is either. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm like, I look at her. I'm like, are you okay? I'm glad too, because I'm a little rusty on metagenic. So So I just, I don't know. I just felt like telling that story, which, you know, was not very interesting, but I just thought, I have talked enough for five podcasts. Up to you guys. Take it over. Talk. I want to talk about the exams. Talk about the exams, Kaza. Oh. You mean I have to actually tell you something? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can make Sue do it. Sue, talk about the exams. Yay! Well, you know, they were very intense. And then uh, I I love the part where uh, she had to take Harry down or fail. And then I, I, you know, kind of winced and then cheered when she broke his leg. That was good. I liked the bit where she's like, this is going to hurt, isn't it? And he's like, I have to hurt you. You have to hurt me. And then he started getting all philosophical. And I was just about to roll my eyes when he's like, he goes, oh, that's enough of you to speak. I'm like, I'm so glad <laughs> he was doing that because I was about to ask if he was Mr. Miyagi or something. And it's not yes. where you fight here. You fight here. You know, you don't fight with your hands. You fight in your brain. And then, so I was so glad that he recognized he was being Yoda <laughs> because the whole thing, the whole exam process was actually really cool. I, I really liked it because they take him away. They, they don't know anything about it and they, they live basically in isolation, you know, in a padded room with an apple and a glass of water and they don't know how That's long they've been there or, or when it's going to end. And, and that whole thing is really cool. And then fighting Harry isn't about taking Harry down. It's about detaching herself and being able to to do it and I thought that was really cool it had a lot of layers the, the exams had a lot of layers to them I really liked that but I still thought it was a bit ridiculous that he carried her up the stairs after she just broke his leg I know they can fix things but <laughs> oh, in the first book Laura's like hobbling along and Justin and George are hovering on either side of her you sure you're alright because she broke her leg and Harry well, her just building, like, the building she up. was in to blow up I mean let's yeah, she didn't like, yeah, she didn't, like but, trip but getting Harry- off the subway I mean <laughs> But Harry just picks her up and walks up the stairs, and I'm like, isn't he, like, in pain? He's, got He's walking leg. the whole way, ow, 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 ow. Because it's so really Harry. realized Harry feels no pain. He is he is the he is Superman essentially. Super Harry. <laughs> well, I thought the whole thing was funny too because Hermione is obviously very out of it at this point, and she goes into the little locker room and she gives herself a sponge bath and she eats her apple and she drinks her you know daily requisitioned water. And her bubble or her bobble or her bobble head or whatever the hell the damn thing is collects her and brings her to the gym. Bubble bubble. And Harry's there. Bubble. Now, 
Harry. It's a whole thing. Computer, please program. Sorry. Yes. I had to get into Star Trek, and they're not all yours. The gym is a holiday. Safety. We're not at the holiday yet, though. We're not at the holiday yet, though. No, Harry takes the safety off. Harry takes the safety off. It's a holiday. Yes. I watched the yes. one last night where Worf and Alexander went to the ancient West, so I know what you're talking about. Oh, that's a good episode. Tell you, that's the a kid good one. who played Alexander, after the show ended, he got, like, tattoos all over his body, pierced every part of his body, and he beat up his girlfriend, and he's currently a fugitive because he didn't show up at court. Nice. So if you see the kid who played Alexander Rojenko, please call the look. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you're the kid from Star Trek. And there's the helmet still. The bowl cut from um, Family Ties still, so he's very easy right to recognize <laughs> Hermione has her apple in her water and meets Harry on the holiday. She, well, here's the thing. So Harry's standing there. Now picture you work, you know, at the same place that your boyfriend does, okay? And say he's one of the senior bosses there. You don't go... Now, you don't have to pretend you've never seen him before, but you don't walk around, like, French kissing him in the hallway. So you can recognize that at work... He may, from time to time, be wearing his work hat. And I thought it was really funny because Hermione, like, she walks up, Hey, Harry, how are you? I missed you. And he's, like, very serious because he's giving her a test because he's the teacher. She's like, I wonder why Harry is behaving so strangely. I'm like, Hermione, you're a moron. Think about it for two (laughs) seconds and it will come to you. And she's like, he's really starting to piss me off now. I must break his leg. And it it went down there. Was anyone surprised that Hermione hung on there for an hour against Harry, who's a mage? Yes, just a little. Yeah. I was. I mean, I liked the end bit where she broke her, he, his leg, and then they were sitting there and they were holding hands, and that was all very sweet and everything. And I, ah, oh. but at the same time, I couldn't help thinking she can't beat Harry. This is Hermione. I she agree too, and I also thought that was very sweet. Where they like, where he, they just hold hands and they count on the clock yeah. for the last five minutes. And all I could think of is, this is such a good commentary on domestic violence. When you beat the crap out of each other, <laughs> hug and make up. I'm like, this is an yeah. awful role model. But, um, just, just kidding, just kidding. Before I get hate mail, but yeah. So. But I think one of the things I found unbelievable about this story, like, um, it wasn't so much the Harry Hermione angle. Um, Although, like, if you stick, if you if you can't get out of canon mode, yeah, you, you're probably going to be like, I can't imagine them together. They're never going to be together. And yeah. being a Harry Ginny shipper, it's it was a little hard at first, but I sort of, you know, it, that's cool. I can get around that. What I find difficult to to believe is that Hermione has turned into this Jedi Knight person who can kick Harry in the jaw because Hermione just that's just not her to me. That would hurt my leg. Like, I would dislocate my crotch if I tried to do that. She's not like, Jackie think about Chan, like, you know? She can't do that. <laughs> so that's the thing that throws me out of the character that makes me think it's not Hermione because I'm sort of thinking, you know, you know, Hermione goes and gets books and stuff. She was supposedly satisfied with her researchy position, but I just couldn't I couldn't make that leap a lot of the time. I just was kind of like, oh, I don't think Hermione would do that. I was I think relatively she- okay with the fact that Hermione was able to become a very physical person and, you know, be able to beat the crap out of people, for example. Because And I like the way it was explained in here. All the energy that she put into studying at Hogwarts, she put into training, and she put into, you know, reading books books on all the different ways you can possibly kill someone with a spoon, for example. Like, I was okay with that part of it, because, like, to me, it's like, when you see someone, I said this 
last night in our, in our aborted podcast. When you when you think of someone who has a very sculpted body, when you picture like Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was younger, you know, someone who's very fit, has you know a lot of muscles, is in very good shape. That takes a lot of you know determination. That takes a lot of you know organization and planning and it takes you know the ability to stick to a plan and you know not to eat cake and to and to do all those things so you have to be a very disciplined person which Hermione is so I could see Hermione you know getting into shape and and becoming you know physically formidable but the one thing I couldn't see is I couldn't see her defeating the person who has the power to dispel storms (laughs) (laughs) yeah like, that was a little bit of over... It's like the scene where, you know, Nana dies, and Harry's like, oh, this is awful. It's gonna rain over Hermione. I must stop this. So he, like, looks up <laughs> to the clouds like Moses. I order you! The clouds spell. First he has to give Justin a significant glance. <laughs> and Justin's, like, walking around, he's, like, shooting Nana in the couch in case she's still alive. Oh. It was like Memory that scene from that Star Trek episode. Where, see, I'm, the, I'm trying very hard to quote every Star Trek episode. Where Beverly's grandmother dies, but her psycho boyfriend brings the body back to life. Yes. And she's like, Beverly, it's okay. I'm like, you were embalmed. Are, are you weird. on a personal quest to, to, to reference every Next Generation episode well, tonight? Because I'll join you in that quest. Like, I think it's it can not be done. hard. It's not hard because this this section of chapters is set in the Star Trek universe. I don't know if you noticed that. The, the next test where Lucius asks her all the questions, you know, it's, it's it's like at the end it finishes, and you know, it's like it all melts away. And I felt like she was standing on a black black space well, with yellow yellow you, bridge. She's on the holodeck the whole time in this psychological attack. But that so, was a great episode of Next Gen where. Uh, Deanna Troy uh, takes the the tech commander, and it's basically got the same situation where she's got to you know make a, a tough decision, and you know she's no, spend the, Jordy the, to his death. She takes yeah, she takes the test is you're in the engine room of the ship, and the engine is about to explode, and she studies all the technical manuals, and she's trying to you know, unplug that one and plug it in there, and the ship blows up, and they all die. So she takes it again, and they're like, well. Tr- Unplug that one and plug it in there, and they do that, and the ship blows up again. And they're like, "You're too stupid to be in charge. You fail." And she's like, "Ooh, I just learned a life lesson." And she runs back in, and she's like, "Hey, you, do you know how to fix that thing?" Well, yeah, I do, but I'd have to shove my body into an electrical outlet. I'll die. And she's like, "Richard, I order you." And he does it, and the ship is saved. (laughs) It's a thing about making difficult decisions. And that episode pissed me off like none other, because at the end... Now, she's the ship's therapist. Now, bear in mind, there's one episode where the ship crashed into, like, a giant ice cube or something. And everything, all the system... And and everyone's trapped. They're trapped in elevators, and they're trapped in the bathroom, and and no one is driving the ship, but the therapist is in charge. And she's making decisions about when to... who, Who lives and who dies. And I'm like... You're the therapist. You don't know anything. Why are you in charge? And it was, and then they come up later with, let's make her a bridge officer so she can be in charge. And she takes the exam, and now all of a sudden she outranks Data. And I'm like, why didn't Data take the bridge officer test? He's much smarter than she is. And it was bad. so. She, so he's like the mage, and the therapist is driving the ship. It was so confusing. I, I, oh did she break but his then, leg? She did. She jumped in his leg. And she, no, but there was an episode of Star Trek. That 
the next generation is the one where Troy was speaking. It was the one where she was speaking with the voice of the deaf man, and it was because she had cleavage. This ship must be destroyed. And yeah. everyone's like, ooh. The, Troy, the ship's therapist, has obviously been taken over by an alien, much like Harry has in the kitchen when he drops all of George's pudding. So Worf, the Klingon warrior who is built like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know he's like the he he jogs down like a little girly man he jogs down the side of the bridge and he jumps over the little railing and like trips and and the therapist grabs him by the wrist and he's like oh let go like Jack from Will and Grace and she throws him over the railing and like fr- breaks his hand off and I'm like Anytime Worf goes over that railing uh, at tactical on the bridge, it's always a good time. (laughs) And I'm like, you're a Klingon, and you're a thousand feet tall, and and, and if you're shot, I think your body would reflect the bullet, but you just got beat up by the therapist with cleavage who's talking like a man who's deaf. It was very disconcerting for me as a a viewer. But, okay, so back to this. Here's my question. Okay, now, Lucius Malfoy is played by Argo. A.K.A. Judy Dench. Okay. Now, that implies to me that there are people, play, like, in Glamours playing the Circle members. And that the, it's not, like, an actual holodeck. There's, like... So, my question, then, is how do they decapitate people? Like, like how does <laughs> that work? Like, is it... I'm like, going to tell you again, Ryan. <laughs> yes. Tell me, like, because I've asked the same question last night, and I'm... I actually have no right. idea what the answer was. Well, last night I told you that he had a sword. <laughs> and I decided maybe we should re-record the podcast. But I didn't get that. I'm like, okay, so... And it must be very gruesome, like, because she doesn't know what color anyone's underwear is. So, like, 18 people get decapitated. They're like, Hermione, get a color chart. Mauve? No. Oh, God, we lost Steve from accounting now. And she's, they're going down the list. But And I thought the thing was cool. And while she's doing this, she's, like, building a rudimentary cannon from things that she has stored all over her body. And, oh, 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 Never oh, without oh, the lock, oh, eh? oh, oh, Star Trek episode. It was in the third season of The Next Generation. Picard Picard is kidnapped by by aliens, okay? And he and he is gotta be more specific that Ryan. More specific. Which ones? He is kidnapped by aliens, and duplicate Picard is sent back to the Enterprise. So this guy isn't really him. So it's like it would basically be like. You know, if someone replaced me with an alien, but I still did the podcast every week, and like, for example, in next week's episode, I recorded the entire podcast speaking German, you would think someone would be like, I didn't know Ryan spoke German, and you would think it would be kind of weird. <laughs> well, you know, the, the new Captain Picard... Uh-oh. Oh, what oh, happened? No. Ryan? Hello? Uh, oh, sorry, I, I accidentally <laughs> muted myself in my excitement. And, 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 he, and he sings, and he and he sleeps with Dr. Crusher, and he orders them to fly the ship into a sun. And they're like, we'll burn up. He's like, I order you! And Riker's like, I have to think about my career. Screw you! And he takes over the ship. But at the end of it, the real Picard comes back, and he brings the aliens 
who kidnapped him for experimental purposes. God knows where they poked him. And and he looks at his crew, and he gives a significant glance to Worf. And Worf's like, ah. And Worf punches three buttons on his panel. As he's monologuing, like I have been for the last hour, he looks at Data and gives a significant glance. And Data's like, ah. And Data presses his buttons. And then he glances at the janitor comes on the bridge. He glances at the janitor. He's like, ah, don't mop the floors now. He walks out. So he glances at everyone on the bridge. And that's the code word to throw the net over the aliens. We shall keep them and give them away as Christmas gifts to malnourished <laughs> aliens. So I just thought that that's actually a Star Trek episode that has a significant glance be a plot device where there's no reason they should... Th- like, for example, when you significantly glance at Worf, that means shoot them! Shoot them! But he apparently <laughs> thought that meant keep them! Keep them! And apparently I put Ray to sleep. Because I'm now checking my notes from everyone saying, Oh my god, he's still talking. He's still talking. talking." (laughs) Ray, you're getting married in like five hours. Would you like to go to bed? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not to put too fine a point on it, but yeah. (laughs) Now you're getting on... I I can't say it because it will make you scared. You're traveling tomorrow? Yes, I am. I'm flying tomorrow. Ooh. On a big scary airplane. Yeah, so I gave her every episode of the Pyrofic Weekly that hasn't been released yet. I'm like, here, this will put you to sleep on the plane. So yeah. <laughs> well, have a good night, and uh, fly safe, and uh, get in touch with us when you land, basically, is where I'm going with that. <laughs> I will, as soon as I can get to a computer, I will... Well, yeah, do that. I mean, like, you know, don't call us all at 2 o'clock in the morning. Hello? Oh, I won't do that <laughs> Call Kenza. She's always up. First, first possible second. You gotta call us. First, first second. Not, not, not like, a moment. Yeah. Not a moment. I won't even call Dan first. I'll call you guys. Yeah, like I would actually prefer. Here, somebody if, like, can get you know, me. For example, if you make a call, I'm so stranded. You, you screw up the landing. I'm stranded. The plane. There's a hole full of immigrants <laughs> and there's puppies. And puppies <laughs> and a stripper and wait, no, oh, that's not Ray. That's somebody else. She'll call so early that the landing gear of the plane will get interrupted by the cell phone signal and they'll have to land on, like, the phone. <laughs> Are you flying Qantas? Are you flying Qantas? Are you flying Qantas? That's Kez's airline. They, 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 they saved money by not putting the bottom on the plane. I'm not understanding the word you're saying. Qantas! Qantas! Q-A-N-T-A-S. It's the, uh... Qantas. Queensland... I am not flying that airline, no. <laughs> well, then you should be fine. They keep it's crashing like a for a hundred years. Not a single Qantas plane has ever crashed. They have the best record in the world, and Dustin Hoffman wants to fly them in Rain Man, and then two weeks ago, an oxygen cylinder like ricocheted around the, the cargo hold, and the plane had to land, and they blamed it all on offshore maintenance. It's not our fault that we have 20-year-old no, plates that are rusting. It's all their fault. My understanding of Qantas is their big thing is we've never had a plane crash. But they're like on every flight, there's people hanging on to the wings. <laughs> like, you know, that people routinely like fall out of like the like they're in the bathroom and they get sucked down the toilet and like fall out and they crash into the earth. But the but the planes themselves don't crash. But they're they have like, I still never had a crash. That closest they've come was that landing a couple of weeks ago where they had to make an emergency landing in Manila. 
that's the biggest thing that's ever happened. But then two more planes had something wrong with them and they had to ground someone in the Philippines because it was rusting away. So, but their planes are like 20 years old. I mean, if you're not flying with Contra, I had an experience with exploding oxygen tanks today, so I totally understand this. Ray, do you have to go or do you want to hear the story about Sue and the exploding I would like oxygen? to hear the story. I hope right, so- I fall asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> There you go. Well, be excited. I was, I was driving my mother to the airport today, and I stopped at a red light, and all of a sudden we heard this woof sound, and the car shook, <laughs> and I thought, oh, man, the semi behind us just hit us. And I looked up, and the semi's still about 10 feet behind me, and I thought, well, he didn't hit us. So we started looking around, and in the field to the left of us, there was one of those uh, open trucks that has all the oxygen tanks, and apparently one of them had exploded and there was dust flying and, and everything. We just left. We, we, were, we figured out we were okay. We just kept going. You didn't go see if anyone was else was okay. Within five minutes of me asking Sue to be on the podcast, sure, right, I'd love to. What was that? Did anyone hear that? What was that? And there's like exploding oxygen tanks around. That's the Potterfic <laughs> Weekly curse. You know, once you once you agree to be a host, something something crazy has happened to you. It always happens, yes. Oh, great. Nothing crazy's happened yet. Have fun in your plane ride. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Uh, I mean, nothing crazy ever happens to you, especially not anything that could be dangerous, like yeah. a bear getting really close to you or um, the oxygen tanks exploding. <laughs> I have seven Going to words. Colorado, there might be bears. I have seven words for you, Ray. I do. Bear. I do. And I'm Jan. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she shows up. That'd be fun. Oh God. <laughs> hey, what if there's a bear on the plane and it causes an oxygen tank to explode? That would be as long kind of as it so just kills cool. the bear and everyone else is good. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Now that we're scaring the crap out of her, go to bed. <laughs> Hi, guys. Good night, Ray. Have a good night. Good night. That's the first time someone's actually fallen asleep during an episode of Pokemon. On- no, that's not true. That's not true. She fell asleep but during she one did of it. <laughs> Like, she, yeah, yeah, what, what, what? <laughs> you know, when she says what nine times, like, yeah, what, 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 what? What, what, I've been listening, I've been listening, what? So I have monologue for an hour and a half, and I... Kronk got here late, and last night I talked over him during the entire podcast. So, Kronk, take the floor. P.O.U., oh, go for it. It wasn't just you talking over me. It was also, you know, Rin and Chi. But that was okay. It was, there was a lot of, there was a, good points, good points. Um, hmm. Peek out with Sue, because Sue, I felt like we've shoved Sue in the corner, too. She almost died today from excessive oxygen, so. <laughs> Favorite Next Generation episode, go. <laughs> Relics. Relics, oh, of course, of course. Good choice, good choice. Um, mine is All Good Things. Well, go that's what's that got to do with P.I.U.? What? What's that got to do with P.I.U.? I'm just standing back in the corner. What is this? You people be- are Hufflepuffs. You are the least geeky people on the forum. Excuse hey, me. Hey, now, that that is unfair. That is unfair. Oh, I've done I've done scientific tests. <laughs> the results are on there. Alex just just added. Apparently, he's pretty high up on the geek meter, so he he went over to see if he could could sneak in somewhere along the top. I think the the show that never ends. I'll just look at the the chapter by chapter hit count. The first chapter has twenty eight thousand hits. Second chapter eight thousand four hundred. Third chapter 
8,200. Like, it goes steadily down all the way through the fic. And then, like, the last two chapters have a whole bunch. And I'm like, people reading the beginning and skipping to the end? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't know. My The first chapter of my fic now has over 10,000 hits. And then, the you know, you get down to chapter 36, which is what we're on now. And there's, like, 1,500. I'm like, what? What happened to all the people who started the story? Actually, <laughs> they well, obviously all clicked back. <laughs> oh, well. well, I'll tell you. you know what you should do? You should put up for ships, put Remus Tree, and see if that boosts your numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Put RT, and they'll think it's Remus Dog. It's about Remus Tree. <laughs> no, and then put in a scene with Remus humping a tree, and then when you get all these complaints, be like, I told you, it's right there in the summary line. It's right there. It's <laughs> RT. <laughs> what did you think, T-Met? Tonks? <laughs> put HG, and it's actually uh, Harry Grindelwald or something like that. <laughs> we went to Hedwig and Ginny earlier in the podcast. <laughs> Hermione I remember the Hedwig Jenny thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Pierce. She's on oh. holidays. She can't defend herself. So. That was awesome. <laughs> HG, Harry Dudley. Everyone's like, it's Greg. <laughs> oh, oh, you're, you're squeaking me out. You're squeaking me. Let's I get was going to say Harry. Dumbledore. And I, I was going to say Dumbledore, but that seemed too weird. And I accidentally went for oh. Dudley and Sorry. Uh, well, you so, could be Harry Watt. Harry too. Oh God, it's a Harry Harry. It's H H H H. I've seen that listed on Fiction Alley actually, and I'm like, Harry oh, Harry. If you go into the ships list, you can get Harry slash Harry. Yes, how it can be Harry with himself. Well, obviously, Keza, it's got to be time traveling Harry, where he he travels back in time to be with himself because he loves himself so much. Like, because that's that's what Harry's all about is about just he, he's so self centered. Yes. After he has that wonderful moment, you know, pleasuring himself, he looks out the window and he's like, what the hell's Remus doing to that tree? It's awful. <laughs> and why is Ginny with Hedwig right now? I don't, I don't get it. What's going on? Why did you back? She belongs to me. <laughs> this is why we don't podcast at 2.13 in the morning anymore. Oh, dear God. Well, I'm, not- I'm not a job in the middle Tessa's of the afternoon. perfectly lucid. I have nothing. nothing. We're getting to lose. The Olympics have already started. (laughs) They have. They have. And we beat someone in basketball. I have no idea who it was because I have shocking television reception. But we beat (laughs) someone in basketball. It was a very exciting moment. Even we actually you have see it because you have terrible reception. Through some sort of quirk of programming, we have in the U.S. more hours of Olympic coverage uh, this year than we've had in all previous Olympics combined. I don't know how that is even possible, but it's true. Well, Channel Seven here does the Olympic coverage, and they do it twenty-four-seven. Yeah, literally, they play it because. When Sydney was on, it was all good because it was in our time zone. But if you got up at 2 o'clock in the morning, they were replaying what happened the day before. When Atlanta was on, they would put it all through the night in live time, and then you would oh. get up the next day, and they would replay what happened while you were sleeping. 24-7 to- Olympic coverage. Did you go Seriously. to any of the, the, the games in Sydney, Kazza? I did. I went to one um, in Atlanta. That was cool. The Flame came on the they started on the 15th of september i was there i was living right there and the flame came to Parramatta, and i lived near Parramatta, and it stayed there the night and we got up 
at 4.30 the next morning because the flame came down our street and I have pictures of the Olympic flame going past my house. That's awesome. Wow. And then my friend rings me up and she says, we just went to a softball game but we've got more tickets through my friend's work. How about I come babysit your kid and you can go to watch the track events at the Olympics? And we went, all right. Because we had a four-month-old baby so we were like, well, we're not going to the Olympics. (laughs) She came and babysat and... We went to watch the track and the athletics at the Olympics. Oh, that's pretty amazing. It's I only got to go stupid cool. tennis. Very cool. Well, we're, we're planning to go to England to live after I finish my degree for a couple of years, and we're going to be there in 2012. <laughs> we have plans <laughs> to be all Olympic again. I'm very excited that's by nice. Olympics. Sorry. Olympics, Olympics. Olympics are a lot of fun. Uh, you know, even oh, yeah? just uh, you know, being nearby, kind of, you get a, you get a sense nothing, of awe. There is nothing like beating the American relay team in swimming. I'm Keza. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we Twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight All the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red glare The bombs bursting in America is our biggest rivals, apart from Peter Van and Hugen Band. America's <laughs> always good at, at relays for some reason. I had a theory about it, but I but forgot what it was. Where was it? I don't know. Michael Klim did air guitar. I can't remember if it was Atlanta or if it was in Sydney when we actually beat the American relay freestyle team. It was a big moment. Very, very special. Hmm. That's why I got no, excited. I... If we can beat enough basketballers, we might be in it for a shot for silver. Because we know we can't get the goal. That's got nothing to do with Harry and Hermione. This is what I always say on Pioncast. If you listen to Pioncast, let's talk about the fic. Talk about the fic. Talk about the fic. I want to bet Harry 1 and Harry 2. Okay. Um, okay. Because I have I got very confused and I'm still not sure I understand it. This is how I understand it. Harry goes away for two months, doesn't think he's gone, comes back as evil Harry. No one picks up on it forever. Eventually they pick up on it. They lock him in a room. He shoots a hole in the ceiling. And then they chain him down. Oh, no, he shoots the hole in the ceiling. Then they lock him up in a room because they finally think it's time. We should do that now. Sort of. And then they examine him. And the doctor, who is the best-looking man in the universe, (laughs) so Mr. Universe examines him and says, there's two personalities, but not really two personalities. They're both Harry personalities. They're one and they're one and they're two. And they're the same one. And he's him and and he's him. It's like the two Ronnies. Have you ever seen the two Ronnies? And at the end of the show, they go, it's good night from me and it's good night from him. It's like, it's like, is Harry the two Ronnies at this point? Because I am so confused by how many Harrys that there is. Okay. So this is what I got out of it. (laughs) Let me see if I can explain it for you a little better, Keza. What happens is (laughs) Harry goes away and 
something happens to him, but he doesn't remember it because he gets he because uh, Justin was just a little overactive that day. And, and George George gave a slightly no, um, gave slightly too significant a glance. But uh, he comes back, doesn't know anything's happened. But what's happened is that his mage powers have been worked with the whole time he was gone. So he's got super mage powers now. Um, that's not really relevant though. He is Harry when he comes back, and he's Harry for a while. But then occasionally, he'll this other personality, the Harry too, will slip out. Will 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 gain control of Harry for a, for a brief period of time, like when he beats up Napoleon, or he beats up the criminal, or uh, when he says mean things to Hermione, or tells Laura to sod off. Does all Harry too? Anytime Harry's mean, because you know Harry, regular Harry, he has no flaws. Regular Harry has no flaws. He's not. He never gets angry. He never says anything mean. He's not. Uh, he's he's basically a pure and righteous soul to a fault. What's happening is that slowly Harry too is 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 gaining control over regular regular cool Harry or dull Harry or whatever you want to think of him. Nice no, guy Harry. Not. Harry too. He's the one in charge of the mage powers that can play the piano and give massages. Yeah. Yes. If he takes control, then uh-huh. that kills Harry. Kind of, it's like if he, if Harry Two gets full control, he can suppress the Harry One personality to the point where oh, it's just so he Harry Two. He becomes. It's Voldemort. like it's kind of like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, actually. If he, uh, the uh, or the Hulk um, or the Hulk is well, no, uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm just making this up. I don't know. <laughs> no, Hulk's Hulk's not a bad, but it's definitely with a split personality thing going. Except you know, the Hulk has got a much more pronounced physical difference, I suppose. And same with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but in the Doctor Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the evil persona, the id persona, gradually takes over to the point where the ego can no longer control it. That's essentially what's going on here. Uh, but it does okay. say it's that like, Harry One will die once yeah. the body will die. Yeah, once exactly. Harry takes over. One, the one question I had when I read that was that Harry One will die if Harry Two takes over, but Harry Two is in control of the super duper mage powers. Yeah. Like, I guess that was the question I had, was that they were describing the breakdown between what Harry 1 controls and what Harry 2 controls. I, I, I didn't get why that happened to be the breakdown. I just figured this, you know, this is just the way it's wired. We're not telling you why. But I remember being confused as to what led to the breakdown. And the other thing I had was, it's described as not a split personality as we know it. It's described as they're both him. But then when I mentioned that to Jen, she indicated that later... In the story, it's described as a split personality. So maybe that was confusion that I shouldn't have bothered with. So I'm not sure about maybe that in maybe it's because if you've got multiple personalities, like you say, they have different names. Like if yeah. a person exhibits, you know, they'll have different personalities, and and their name, say their name is is Bob, um, that their multiple personality might be Tracy, or in they might have another one called Martin. And they're actually different people with different character yeah. traits. Whereas when it's, um, so that's multiple. Whereas when it's split, it's the same you. You're both Bob, but one Bob does nasty things, and then real Bob comes back and he remembers that he did nasty things, but he didn't mean to do it. Yeah, sort of thing. I, so maybe I it's like it's, that. Yeah, I think they they may use split personality later just as a convenience sake because it's not a classic schizophrenia, but it's yeah. it's close enough that you 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 that it, it you can call it that and be and it'll be okay as long as you realize See, that there is those that small difference. See, most schizophrenia has actually got nothing to do with personalities; it's delusions. 
Because my mother-in-law had schizophrenia before she died, and she had this idea um, at one stage that she had given my husband a million dollars, which is very not true (laughs) as much as we would like it. So (laughs) we would come in the room, and she would be, hey, mum, how are you? And she'd be, I'm good, would you like a coffee? And it'd be like, no, we don't drink coffee. And she hadn't remembered that. So it's a bit of, almost like dementia. But then she'd turn around and go, did you go to the bank and get the million dollars? And we'd say, yes, yes, we got the million dollars, no problem. And then she'd take a sip of her coffee and then she'd turn around and she'd need to get me a bank book. I don't have a bank book. They won't let me have a bank book in here. And she had completely forgotten that she'd just talked to us about million dollars because it was it was still her it was always her but she would forget um what she just said and then later in the thing she'd come back she did you finally buy new pants because i gave you the million dollars you can afford new pants now and so she would go back to to that so the most important thing you're trying to convey is that your 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 mother-in-law did not like your pants <laughs> no, she thought my husband was still 10. Like, she'd walk in and she'd say, I haven't heard from my son. Oh, you're my son, but you're 10. And we'd say, and here's your granddaughter. And she'd be like, did you buy new pets? I gave you a million dollars. So that that's kind of how uh... I'm envisioning it. You know, she didn't, it, it was all her and she was all talking as herself, but she often just become different yeah. people and you know, she that makes like different times yeah. in her life. That makes a lot of sense. That, that really makes a lot of sense. And I guess the thing that had, when I said earlier I was disappointed by parts of the chapters, I was expecting this great mystery as to why Harry was taken and what it meant and why and who took him and, and for what purpose. When it became about the mage powers, I remember just getting bored with it. I'm like, oh, it's because he's super duper powerful and as a result he's angry. And it just it just seemed like like I just don't like the mage aspect to it. Honestly, once they introduced the mage factor and at the end of Paradigm, almost everything becomes about that. Like the entire plot of this one is about somebody kidnapping him to make use of the mage power. The third one, uh I can't really, I'm not going to go into, but it also involves his mage powers uh, a great deal, especially the conclusion. Um, it's, it's almost like the, the Voldemort of the, of the series. You know, everything in the, in the canon is about Voldemort. You know, everything Harry does, well, I can't, I can't do this because I've got to wait for, I've got to kill Voldemort. Well, I, I want to be with you, Jenny, but, uh, well, I got to break up because I got to kill Voldemort, Voldemort first. So in, in this one, it's, oh, uh, well, I'd love to, you know, you know, do stuff, but I've got this pesky mage power that keeps, you know, people, keep trying to yeah. kill me for or whatever. Yeah, it just seems like it, like the, the the character is interesting enough, and obviously that's the the type of plot that Laurie wanted. It just seems like I don't know, just the the, the mage. I, I'm not a fan of mage stories, so I don't want to crack at this story. Yeah, super Harry gets kind of old. Yeah, yeah. I, and, the thing yeah. I did like about it though is I I didn't particularly like Mage Harry, but I think um, I thought Tax and Turk were not muggles for a minute because they wanted, you know, they wanted to... Con- it seemed a bit like Charmed, actually, like they had to connect, co- 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 contact the elders and, yeah. and, and fix it all up, you know. I was like, oh, it's Charmed crossover now. I just felt like it kept being a crossover, like Buffy and Charmed and Star Trek, they're on a holodeck, no, they kept contacting the elders. Well, so the, th- the, th- the thing with crossovers is you can have, you know, you go to, you know, the supermarket in one episode and you realize that the cashier was supposed to be 
Fraser Crane or whatever. You know, like, or you can have Easter eggs in the story. Guess who this person was, and that was a cross. Okay, that's there's that type of crossover, and then you have you know Harry sitting at his desk, and someone beams into the room. And he's like, "This is Captain Jean Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise." And you're like, "Oh, this is awkward." <laughs> like at one point, it becomes like, "Oh my, this is real. This is a real crossover." Like with official greetings. <laughs> I find those stories really hard to believe because I, I guess I like to keep them separate. But they weren't really charmed ones, but I thought they weren't muggles for a while. But um, I think I liked the bit where Hermione goes on a crusade to save Harry because normally it's um, Harry and Ron on a crusade to save Hermione. And I liked that Hermione got sent a stage for a little while. She's like, I am going to save Harry, Napoleon, let's go. And he's like, what? And And Napoleon's like, shouldn't we check with one of our many bosses who are always telling us what to do? But one thing I really loved about that is I love the fact that like, let me give you an example. I read a fic this week. It involves Ron being an ass to Harry. And, that, were, that, and Harry, that covers half the fics in, in canon yeah, or in uh, Harry fandom. turns around and gives it right back to Ron instantly in the beginning with the logical argument that makes Ron want to sit down and cry. I loved it because after reading 9,852 different fics of Harry being taken advantage of by Ron and Ron being a hypocrite and no one pointing it out, I actually read a fic where someone pointed out you're being a jackass and you're going to knock it off now or your life will be a living hell. And I loved it. And it's when you go back to, you know, even if it's not completely canon, I, lo- I love it when when you finally get to have that release and you don't have to live through the angst over and over again. And even though it's not completely canon, and even though there wasn't a lot of canon to go on when this was written, you have a Harry who, whether it's through Hermione's exams, you know, who doesn't warn her about the exams and, you know, beats the snot out of her during her exams and so forth. This is a Harry who does it because he thinks, he truly thinks that she can stand up to it, and it's more important that she be able to defend herself than for him to protect her. And that's something that the canon Harry really wouldn't do, but I really like seeing that. So I love it when Hermione's off on her crusade and she's got her backpack, you know, and, and, and Napoleon's all ready and she's going out there. Instead of him saying, no, you must be safe. Stay in bubble. Never leave bubble. You will be, <laughs> he's like, hurry up. I have to go to the bathroom. Like he's like, he's literally like his response to her isn't don't go. I must protect you. It's hurry. And that's yeah. different for Harry. So I thought that's a really cool disconnect between canon Harry and this Harry. It's different, yes, but it's a lot more fun to read because I can't read another one the old way. Yeah. Anytime you get too, and- too bogged down in cliche, uh, it's, it's nice to, to get a fic that actually that busts that cliche wide open and does something totally different. Especially on the really annoying cliches like Harry being overprotective or Ron being overprotective or... Yeah, it's... They're so overdone because... Surely there's so other many ones. Of them. Yeah, we've read so many just like that that it's, you don't want to read it anymore. And, and, and it's... It's difficult because, you know, should the author strive to... Now, let's... This isn't even an argument for this fic because none of these stories were in existence yet. I mean, Lori made it up as she went. But... Yeah, it's like you want you don't want to read the Faker Rod's nasty anymore, even though he would be because it, you've read it too much, and it's one of those chicken and the egg things. You're kind of stuck in the middle. But I thought it was I thought it was handled really well here. There were a lot of moments in these chapters I thought were handled very well. There was obviously Hermione's moment with her grandmother. I love Justin's moment with Harry discussing love and how mm-hmm. Justin has you know such issues loving anyone because it's such hard work for him, whereas it's not really for Harry. Um... Even though it was gushy as hell, 
Hermione had a scene with Harry where she was trying to explain how one day with him is worth, you know, a lifetime with someone else. And it's a great point to make, even though it was in the middle of a very mushy scene and my eyes kind of rolled back in the back of my head. Um, I'm just looking over my notes here real fast. Um, the Federation crap is confusing me as to what fandom I'm in. I wrote down, so apparently I was in a Star Trek mood that day. Um, Hermione from missed- other days, how yeah. so? I have no idea. I love that Hermione missed making a difference in her life, and one of the things was after going through the final battle and going through that journey with Ron and with Harry, she can't be a librarian anymore. She can't be a research analyst anymore. And I grabbed a line from the West Wing. She's already fulfilled the top line of her obituary at 17. That's right. So Hermione Granger, you know, yeah. childhood friend of Harry Potter and help, who helped him vanquish the Dark Lord. Yeah, that's the first line of her obituary. Be- and after that, she becomes a teller at the local bank. I mean, she needs something <laughs> else to live for. Um, I have down here Argo. What's the word? Sabutesh. We don't have any idea what's happening to Harry, <laughs> but let's stock up on canned goods just uh, in case. Sabutesh. Sabutesh. Um, I, I, I did enjoy the Harry uh, Napoleon scene where in the middle of the minutes of the meeting, Napoleon's like, I want to shag your girlfriend. I won't, but I do. I thought I'd tell you so I wouldn't have to be hiding it. Harry's like glaring at him and Justin runs in. I got it! Memory. <laughs> um, Honestly, that's... I, I can't. Uh, why would you say that to somebody? Honestly, yeah, it's so. I, don't know. I have down here a moment about Laurie's weird descriptions that she uses with Harry when he's describing Ronan. He says, "The first time we met, I felt like I got hit by a sledgehammer. She honed in on me like a heat-seeking missile, and she had the biggest eyes ever." I just remember thinking, "Oh, that's such a nice story." Yeah, so she has weird descriptions, like heat-seeking missile sledgehammer. I miss the kind of father that would hug me in that awkward man way. At one point, Justin says, Oh, Pithel, you don't have a cowardly bone in your body. And I was wondering if Pithel was a text reader failure or a gay expression I'm not familiar with, but I've never heard the word Pithel ever uttered in my life. Seriously, you've never heard hit with a sledgehammer? Well, I have, but... <sighs> You don't oh. hear it in that usual context. I thought life partner was overdone. I don't know. Uh, and I then, don't... when he's hypnotized, he calls her his wife. So I'm a bit of consistency. Was... I liked that, that was... he said that. Oh, yeah. We're married. In my head we are. And I thought, oh, that's so sweet. That's what Hermione's mother says in the last chapters. And it's all true, too. I mean, my thing was just life partner, for me, didn't really... I don't know. No. I think if you're getting married, you should use spouse <laughs> or, or husband or wife. Or like life partner is too much. Like when I started dating when I was in my teens and my mother referred to my girlfriends as my very special friend. I mean, I, life <laughs> partner just... Significant uh, other is a good... Yeah, significant other, obviously. It's a good use. It's like, it's like 4 o'clock in the morning. We're all fading fast here, so just going through here really, really fast. Uh, George sighed. That's the best thing I've ever had in my mouth, and that includes Cornelia <laughs> Prince Metal. Uh, that was awkward. I liked the uh, bit where Turk's checking whether or not George is gay, because I had the same thing. I'm reading the fic, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure George is gay. I reckon George is gay. I think he's well, having off with Justin. And then Turk's like... So you're not gay? And he's like, 
I don't think so. <laughs> Honestly, do we ever see George with a girlfriend? Do we ever hear him, you know, I've got a date, you know, but the, the, well, I, yeah, I can't Cornelia really judge. in his mouth, and that's uh, open for interpretation. I can't judge I him for know. not having dates. That's, that, I that, think that'd be hypocritical. I, I would have really liked if he and Justin had turned out and gotten it on together. I think that would have been great. I was a little well, disappointed. George is Justin's het life partner. So. Well, you... You, you somehow stumbled upon the big twist of the second of the third fic. G- congratulations, Kaza. You just ruined it for Ryan. <laughs> hey, I'm halfway yeah. through that. I haven't found that yet. Now I'm going back. I it's must a G- find it's it. It's a GJ fic. Uh, at, at, its, at its heart, this is just a GJ fic. So, you know. <laughs> and I want to point out too um, the fact that they bring the guardian into this. Now, when you have a mage and you have this ultimate person of true power, it's nice when you bring the guardian in who is actually like God himself. So you have someone more powerful than Harry. Yeah. So that was helpful. Oh, did I spoil it? Well, no, because we know at the end that, that the guardian is actually Theo at Starbucks in Des Moines. Oh, good. Yeah, but I couldn't remember when that happened. So I was like, oh, <laughs> they don't, I yeah. found that very unbelievable. She's like, oh, I'm thinking, oh, there's a guardian and they're really important and special. And I'm thinking, you know, that they're like 10 feet tall and they wear glowing <laughs> white robe. They're fantastic. And she's like, yeah, it's just me. Yeah. It's, what's <laughs> great about it is that. The uh, they, the way they build up the guardian is that it's like oh it's only spoken of in legend and myth and it's this all powerful being and it's just you know super neutral and it's and they don't they build it up so much that when you actually get it it's like what really really that's it professor at Chicago State University do we need someone more powerful like how much like what, do you need someone more powerful than the guardian now it just it was like too much it's like yeah but Hermione will probably beat the crap out of all these people like she nearly did Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah. <laughs> I have down here, Jen had a worse honeymoon than Turk and Napoleon because Jen was the couple in that honeymoon commercial where, where the couple wakes up on their honeymoon suite and they're in like the little, like, self-enclosed tent and there's bugs and leeches all over them. That was <laughs> Jen's honeymoon. So she had the worst honeymoon than they did. And I love the fact that Harry is described by Harry 2 as, I think it was by Harry 2. I actually can't remember. It's, Five o'clock in the morning now, but it was, I have down in my notes here. Harry is nothing but a mask. When you get down to it, a facade you all have helped build. So that was Harry too, obviously saying that. But yes. I thought that was a great idea of our Harry because in every fan fiction he's a little bit different, and that is because the character is versatile. Ooh, big <laughs> what? 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 He's what? What? That would be versatile. <sighs> what? Okay, now you're talking American. <laughs> I'm talking American. Kronk is so what tired. He's like, what? What word is that? Versatile? Versatile? Versatile. Oh, versatile. Huh? Yeah. I'm sorry. Just a, I, w- I, was, a I was speaking pronunciation. United States in front of Kezia. It's an <laughs> alternate pronunciation of the word. Address, address, tomato, tomato. Yes. Tato, tato. <laughs> All right, we are now officially, like, joking about Air. how we pronounce the word today, though. So we are going to bed now because it's 3.30 in the afternoon in Australia and Keza just needs to start preparing for dinner as we all collapse. Oh, so Mr. Keza is cooking today. Mr. Keza's cooking yes. on the weekend. Yay, sweet yes. deal. Yeah, he cooks on the weekend and I don't have to do anything. Well, that's not true. I have to sit in the kitchen and tell him how to do it step by step. <laughs> <laughs> because he's, he's a man and obviously incompetent in the kitchen. He's not, he, you know, he did a hospitality course. He has done cookery things. Mm. He has certificates and yet he cannot boil an egg. 
you are awfully awfully defensive about that. You know, he's. he's I'm sure not he's- being sexist. <laughs> This is what I'm looking at. You said it's because he's a man. I'm like, no, it's not because he's a man. I agree. Cheese. Hey, I let him peel potatoes. When you said that, actually, I'm thinking, oh, that's just like Mr. Kezzer. He gets very excited. He's like, what can I do? And I go, you can peel that potato. Don't you come in. Danielle wanted to teach me how to cook, and step one was grate the cheese. It was three years ago that I learned how to grate the cheese. She doesn't think I'm ready for step two yet. (sighs) So... You should try and convince her to let you peel the potatoes. That is step two. I think I would hurt myself. It's quite possible. I peeled, I, I peeled my whole fingernail off once when I was a child Ooh. with a potato peeler. Ouch. Yeah, I, I don't remember. an apple the other day. I almost lost my finger. It's like, I'm like, yeah, keep me away from the potato peeler. Grandpa washed the eggs. Does that count? Gracious. <laughs> all right. I am, you guys have all fallen asleep. asleep. It's Saturday. It's you don't have to go to Look at the bright side. If there's a nuclear war and, and, and the world gets nuked, Kez is the first to go. That's a bright <laughs> side <laughs> <laughs> of life. Da 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 da. Why everybody. would Kez be first to go? <sighs> because she's in the future. She's in tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow there now. The first big fireworks in the world on January the first are in Sydney. Woohoo! Cool. A shockwave moves <laughs> left. Remember that. I was also in Sydney. I in. In 2000, for New Year's Eve fireworks. I have been around. You have. Sounds like it. No. <laughs> I should not have said that. <laughs> Keza gets around. Everyone say goodnight while I'm there. Quick. Goodnight. <laughs> so hold on to the wonder that. Those books brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. Hi, and welcome back to Fantast. I'm Keza. And I'm the only P on here. So far, it kind of blows. So I thought we'd use the time to investigate the ship, Snape and Harry. I think you've gone over to the bad place. Now, it may not come as a surprise to anyone that I'm not a fan. Holy Merlin the Magician! I ship Harry Ginny. I write Harry Ginny. I read Harry Ginny. Snape and Harry, not really my thing. So, I thought I'd find out what other people think. And on behalf of everyone, I'd just like to say my hand. Snary. S-N-A-R-R-Y. Yes, Snary. Snape. Plus Harry. Snary. It's ew, it's ew, it's an ew. Vile, and it's loathsome, and it's gross, and I think... Man, I'm going to have to run away screaming. I may vomit. Ew, 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 Snary. How can you talk about Snary? Ugh. Shudder. Why, 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 why would they do this? Keza has requested that I give an opinion of the Snary ship, which is the Snape-Harry fan fiction relationship. 
I cannot wrap my brain around it. I think probably my best um, comment on this is, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, <laughs> I have a problem with Slash in this fandom as it is. Um, uh, Harry Draco, Ron, Harry, um, uh, the really only Slash that I see in this fandom at all that I could stomach reading would probably be Remus Sirius and nobody else. I just, no, it does not work in this universe. So thank you. No, thank you. Oh, it's just like a bloodbath in here today. This is Sue Duxfoot. As a fairly new person to the fandom, I don't have a ship that I strictly follow. I'm open to trying new ships, although I prefer Harry Ginny and Ron Hermione. I've recently finished two different fics, one a Harry Hermione and the other a Snape Hermione. So when Keza put out that she was looking for comments on a Snape Harry fic, I thought I'd try. I've read Shoebox and the Remysterious ship didn't bother me. So I'm open to some slash. I found a snary fic and I confess I skimmed it looking for the Snape Harry parts. I found one. Ugh, it really squeaked me out. Just reading the first few lines made me shudder. I had to stop reading. I tried again a little bit later. In the end, I had to get out the brain bleach so that I could sleep without bad dreams. I tried, Keza. I'm sorry. It's not something I'd like to read. Stop talking. Stop talking now. The Puffwanians I contacted seemed a little distressed by the idea. So, I went to Hogwarts. Go on. Harry and the Professor. Well, I never thought of that. And if that makes him happy... I'm not going to get in their way. The Nargles might have something to say about it. Why, just the other day, I found a huge infestation of them in the potions classroom. Well, it's not my job to interfere. At least Harry found some happiness. I didn't get further than Luna. I, she scared me. So I enlisted the help of a friend of ours. Thank you, Kessa, and greetings to our listeners. Today on Pay and Cast, we investigate the phenomenon of snarry fan fiction. In order to complete this investigation, I ask the opinions of those most involved. Setting aside the question of sexual orientation, which fact I am sure some of you would prefer not to have confirmed, surely you don't think I would be so indiscreet as to pursue a relationship with a student. Even were that not the case, I find it highly unlikely that a blithering dunderhead such as Potter could ever reach the necessary emotional and intellectual maturity to be of worth as a partner. Along with that, there is little about him I would find in any manner attractive. At the very least, something would have to be done about those idiotic glasses. In short, such a liaison would require the occurrence of an extraordinary series of events before it could become remotely possible. Now, unless you have further questions relating to the art of potions, I do have more pressing demands on my time. What? Me and Snape? <laughs> You've seen Snape, really? No, no, seriously. But what was your real question? Look, 
First off, I don't fancy blokes, all right? And even if I did, he's old enough to be my dad. He was literally in my dad's year at school. And I think he kind of fancied my mum, which would just be weird. And even if there was some universe where some of that wasn't true, I don't know, I just can't see it. I mean, it's just... He's Snape, you know? Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. It seems both parties concerned don't feel it's possible unless things were different. However, they both do seem to have some idea what those differences ought to be, so you never know. Maybe it's closer than they think. Oh, yeah, that's not what I say. This is your roving reporter, signing off. Thank you, Scott, for that delightful interview with Professor Snape and Harry Potter. I confess I did try and read some, but I'm in complete agreements with Harry and Professor Snape. That things have got to change a whole lot for me to believe it. If we are to truly discover the meaning of these events, perhaps we should, for the time being, let them unfold. I read this one fic that Scott recommended. It's called The Mirror of Maybe. I'll put a link up. I just... Harry had to pretend to be someone else for the relationship with Professor Snape to occur. So, uh, it's not its not very believable. I don't really buy it. Um, I haven't yet found a Snape-Harry fic where they're both being themselves in the characters that we know from Hogwarts. So, I guess it's the kind of fan fiction that you have to enjoy um, by really suspending all your disbelief by changing the way that the characters are. And even then, some of us don't want to read it. But you know what? P.S. does. Don't lie to me. This is a message from your local Snary supporter, P.S., as I'm well aware, I am probably the only person to come up in defense of this ship on this episode. Now, I don't have any specific recommendations because, as Keza well knows, I lost them all. We spent hours searching for the one where Snape does tango, and we found lots of fics that have dance in the title of them but none of them were the right one. And then I found another one that I thought I would recommend for a future Peoncast, and I think I will, so you might be hearing something in the future called Briar Nose, which is very funny. So, maybe all these people making guttural groaning sounds have not swayed you completely, and I can direct you to some actual quality snarry fix. Now, the probably best place to go for a lot is Walking the Plank, and that is an all-ratings archive, so do be warned. There's a lot, probably the most plurality of the fix there are NC-17, so don't go there if you're under 18. But most of those fix are good. They think they do have some submission standards, so you're probably going to get quality for your for your searching. Another good place to look is the Potter Slash Archive, which is actually all pairings with Potter men, so it's Harry or James with anybody. But there is a lot of snary there. 
and there's also a lot on um, on Insane Journal. You can find there was, I think they've done it three times, but they might have done it more. There's the Snarry Games, which was, I think, originally um, to coincide with the 2004 Olympics, and it is a con. It was contests between two teams, and the teams are themes and fix. Like, I think one year it was Team Angst and Team Romance, and then in another it was Team Post-War and Team Hogwarts, or something like that. So it's just like two competitions between two themed sets of fix. And, like I said, I think there is some... There's, they're pretty much they're the pretty much the cream of the crop of the current scenario writers, and they actually just finished up some... This not too long ago, they did the 2008 Snary Games, and so there's a lot of good stuff there if you're going to check it out. And there should probably be links to all this stuff that you can find somewhere. And well, happy reading! So basically, I'm not a huge fan. Um, probably won't make a habit of reading Snape Harry Fix, but if you do enjoy that, there's some out there. There's some quality links that we'll be putting up. And like she said, happy reading. Waterfic Weekly is an act of God, much like the deer Ryan once drove over with his car. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it's a train wreck, and not in a good way. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but you have to also understand what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Oh. You have to understand. Uh, well, I, you have to understand. I guess and the, and hang on, I'm not done yet. <laughs> the girl that lives in the house. What's her name? Oh, I'm sorry, Kronk. I, I hear you said. It's just hard to. I mean, sorry. I'm in this entire episode is crying. Sorry. <laughs> I, keep, I, keep hitting, I keep hitting that mute button. Um, I mean, to. Uh, you know. Laura. I don't know. Laura. Anyway, Laura. <laughs> Only word I can get an The following is what we were able to pull from the wreckage. I started reading the books themselves, the canon, right as Goblet of Fire came out. And so I read the first three books leading up to Goblet of Fire, and I never thought for a single second that it would ever turn into a Harry Hermione story. And I didn't really understand how people could think that. Can I just throw one thing here? Because I know there's a huge portion of the the fandom, and this is why a lot of people who love the canon stuff can't read the Harry Hermione fic, because they feel like it's not so much the subject matter, it's the personalities. And they feel that there are people out there who thought that Joe Rowling was an idiot because she didn't understand her own characters well enough to see what was plain, you know, plainly on the page that these two characters, Harry and Hermione, were destined to be with each other and, and, they, and they were very angry at anyone. I mean, there, I think there's a... There's there's the perspective of these are people who actually believe that this is what was destined to happen from the very beginning. And, like, there, there's someone like... Like, I never... By the time I started reading the books, it was very obvious it was going to be a Harry-Ginny series or a Harry-Ginny uh, relationship for Harry... So I never really, it, it, like for someone like me, it was never a question where this was going to go, but I'm into it for the, the different possibilities and the road not traveled. And can you realistically show me a, a different direction where this plausibly could have gone? So like, I guess, I, I guess, let me just ask you this, taking apart, you know, the, the, assume for a moment, the point is not to predict where the actual series was going. How do you think it does showing this as an alternative direction if 
Joe Rowling had decided to go that way. thing that bothers me about this and about a lot of stories that are similar to this, you know, there was a big rush where a lot of people were like, well, we think that Harry and Hermione are going to be together. And then all of a sudden they started being, even before it was the strong hints of a Harry-Jenny relationship in the future, it was kind of a very heavy emphasis on the what was going to eventually be a Ron and Hermione you know, at mm-hmm. least there was some kind of an attraction there. I think that I, I really, I have a problem with these stories where it's just like Harry and Hermione get together because Ron is dead. You know, mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing the plausibility of that. I hate it when, when authors refer to them collectively as the trio. Those three characters were so closely intertwined that mm-hmm. I feel that the more appropriate response if something happened to one of them, it wouldn't fit for the remaining two to get together. Whichever two were left over, you yeah, know. You can't see Ron and Harry getting together if Ron is <laughs> I just want to throw that well, up. Right. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. you know, Harry and Hermione get together because Ron is dead. Well, first of all, you know, it, it's not a good basis for a relationship. Yeah. I'm going to get together with you because you and I were best friends with this dead guy. I mean, that's saying I'm going to base my relationship on someone who is no longer with us. And that's not really a healthy idea to have. My issue in the very beginning was that for a Harry Hermione fic to work for me, you know, two things have to happen. Number one, it can't be at Hogwarts in their fifth year, Hermione decided she was madly in love with Harry and realized that, you know, she just couldn't be... Like, you can't have something which drastically changes during the canon universe. During those seven years, you can't have something that just all of a sudden... It's like the fix where all of a sudden Harry wakes up in the sixth year and he decides that Draco Malfoy isn't that bad after all. I mean, you can't do that without a ton of plot work and a lot of character work and a lot of plot devices and so forth. So you can't do that. So you... And and number two, you, you Ron can't be there. You need to separate it from the canon, and you need to change the, the relationships enough so that it, it's remotely plausible. What this story does is it set it's number one, it sets it ten years after the Hogwarts years. So we're talking when these people are twenty seven versus when they graduated at seventeen. The other thing it does is Goblet, Order, Half Blood and DH never happened. When Lupin walks out of the school, that's where these characters end. And everything from that point forward is whatever Worry decided happened. So you're literally saying that the last 15 years of these characters' lives are completely up for grabs. And what Laurie did is she implied that over fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, Hermione became less of the, I'm running to McGonagall and bringing her this broom because I'm afraid that, you know, someone tampered with it and you boys are too stubborn to do the right thing. She became less of the mother hen type character and she became more like the boys. They were a direct influence on her and she became more outgoing and more adventurous and less snobby. And at the same time, Harry and Hermione dealt with this overpowering loss of Ron. After they graduated from school, the two of them were all they had. So they were will and grace, for lack of a better term. They 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 li- they lived together and they watched out for each other. And you know, while he's in the shower, she's in brushing her teeth, and they were family. They were they were as close to family as you can get. And that carries forward into this story. So while you know, in the beginning, I had issues with them developing a romantic relationship. I had no issue with over those fifteen years them becoming family with each other more so than they were in the canon, and and getting to that place where they were literally the most important things in each other's lives because they built that up over fifteen years. It's not oh, in six year Ron gets killed, and the following year Harry and Hermione are walking everywhere holding hands because they need each other. It, it, it felt more organic than that. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with the fact that they became that important to each other because I've always seen that relationship as more of a brother-sister kind of relationship. 
you know, right. whether that's by my own admission or, you know, from reading the fanfic that I read. But I think a lot of it is just my reaction to the story. You know, Harry's interaction with Hermione always has been more like a sibling. I understand that they could be the most important thing to each other. But when you cross that line and go into romantic territory, it just, it feels wrong to me. For you or for the, st- because it's, I guess for, that's... For those characters, for those characters, it feels like it's, it's, it's got this kind of, kind of creepy, incestuous kind of feeling to me because their relationship was more like siblings and that's the way I've always read them. That's and- the thing though. Where did you read? I guess that's my question. If this, if this story were, oh, by the way, at the end of Deathly Hallows, when Harry was, uh, you know, fighting Voldemort in the Great Hall and Molly's battling Bellatrix and Ginny almost got cursed by Bellatrix and everyone's watching Harry and he does his Expelliarmus thing. If at some point someone threw a curse and killed Ron in the Great Hall, maybe Ginny get, did get killed by Bellatrix and they changed that story at the very end. And all of a sudden now you have, you know, Harry and Hermione walking up, you know, heartbroken into Dumbledore's office and you close out Deathly Hallows that way. At that point, they've known each other for seven years. They've been through all these different things together. That place, Hermione is Harry's sister. They've been together for almost all of Deathly Hallows, and and, and it's completely it, it, it's 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 a deep friendship. That's nothing more. We're talking about these kids at the age of thirteen on. We didn't really see in the first two or three books. Harry and Hermione develop a, a, a brotherly sisterly bond because they hadn't hit puberty yet. It's plausible that they got trapped in a mine shaft for three weeks and they, you know what I mean? And they had to learn to depend on each other and maybe something happened there. I mean, I guess my thing is based on the plot. Lori had so much time to make me believe that. It's like what we were saying when we covered Living with Danger. You can believe Draco turns out to be a Gryffindor if you get him at age two and raise him right. Whereas you can't yeah. possibly believe maybe that, you know, you grab him at 16 and make him live in Snape's condo in the basement for, you know, a year and a half and all of a sudden he's calling Harry brother. I mean, I guess my thing was Rory got to them in time. And see, I don't agree with that. I really don't agree with that because I felt from the very beginning, this goes back to, okay, how are these characters going to be set up? The hero archetype, you know, and, and the hero has to rescue the damsel in distress. And people say, oh, well, Harry rescued Hermione from the troll. Well, no, he didn't. Ron did. Harry got knocked off and it was Ron that actually stepped up in there and saved her life. Mm-hmm. And so that set it up from the very beginning that if you're talking about story archetype, I mean, that was the way it was going from the very beginning. Hermione, she has that kind of antagonistic, like little girls do, you know, you pinch the boy that you think is cute, but <laughs> you don't boss them around the way, you know, or yeah. you don't act the way you do when she's with Harry than when she's with Ron. There's oh. a completely different dynamic, even in those early books, when Hermione interacts with Harry and when she interacts with Ron. And and so I really, I think from the very beginning, it was more of a sibling relationship. At a certain point, we have to say, well, these are the canon characters. And you can change situations and that sort of thing and try to mold them into different people through situations. But you're really going to have a hard time convincing me that you're going to change somebody's essence okay. that much over a course of time. It was obvious from the beginning that Hermione was going to be with Ron and Harry was going to be with Jenny. Not from second year. Not from the time Oh, I agree. 12. No, from second year I was, I, I knew. Oh, yeah. I was Here's the thing. convinced from the beginning of Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone that it was going to be, that 
that, that Ron and Hermione were going to get together at the end of the series. No, but here's, was, oh, yeah. I guess here's what I'm saying, though. Like, in terms of fan fiction, in terms of being able to pick up a Harry Hermione fic that's, for hypothetical purposes, a Harry Hermione fic that's written extremely well, and being able to pick that up and say, okay, this is when the, here's a story about these two characters and they're 27, and here's the backstory. When they were 16, Ron died. Everything you read about in J.K. Rowling's novels from the time they were 12 and on, forget it. It never happened. We're not going to tell you what happened. You have no idea what happened in year four, year five, most of year six. You have no idea what happened in year seven. And you know that from year eight until year 18, Harry and Hermione spend every waking moment together because of these plot reasons. And here's our story. Yes, if I go into J.K. Rowling's novels and I read Sorcerer and I read Chamber and I read Prisoner of Azkaban, I can tell that J.K. Rowling wants Ginny and Harry to get together. I also can find that there's plenty of evidence that she wants Ron and Hermione to get together. Together. That's fine. But what I'm saying is, I'm not the type of person that then picks up every single fanfic saying, oh, nope, I'm sorry, this couldn't possibly happen because J.K. Rowling obviously wants Harry and Ginny to get together. Like, I am as open-minded as I possibly can be, but mm-hmm. as somebody that uh, that loves the characters, when Hermione is having a conversation with... <laughs> Laura, about did she really love Ron? And she's like... No, I didn't really. And at the end, she draws the conclusion at the end that she didn't really love Ron. Like, that kind of stuff kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> yeah. challenge that any fanfic author has that doesn't ship Harry Jenny and Ron Hermione, which is that those are the kind of the natural ships that, that, like Ryan said a few minutes ago, those are the built-in ships. Those are the ones that it, it appears that J.K. Uh, Rowling had in the series from the very beginning. So the challenge for any fanfic author is to, who doesn't want to ship those two, or just is, you know, I don't know, completely blind and ignorant and just, you know, doesn't doesn't see the, the forest for the trees, you know, who wants to ship other ships, like for example, Harry Hermione, you have to you have to somehow fix it so that they're together and that and so often, so often they kill off Ron or Ron, you know, beats up Harry because I don't know, something or other and he's just being a you know, or they do it. Uh, a, a one I've seen several times is where it's in Goblet of Fire, and Ron's not talking to Harry. Or, and then they make Ginny a money grubbing, you know, whatever. And they have to they have to find some way to get them away from those two characters. And any fic like this one, which manages to avoid making Ginny a bitch and killing Ron out. Well, they do kill kill Ron, but uh, you know, making Ron, a, you know, an angry bastard or something. Anytime they manage to avoid those cliches, it's, it usually makes for a better fic. And I just want to say one thing on something that she said. The issue I did have um, in the earlier chapters, like I'm convinced that Hermione could develop, you know, very strong feelings for Harry. I'm convinced that as a result of the death of Ron, because Ron left her life, she had this experience with Harry where for 10 years that we never saw, she was with him every day, and, you know, any number of things could have happened every single day that brought them to this point that when they're 27, they want to have a romantic relationship with each other. I could understand that. The one thing that I did feel, and this is exactly what I think she said in the story, in my mind, I, I do have a very strong tie to the to the Hermione and Ron relationship. I think it was set up very well in the canon, I think those opposites just attract kind of well. So in my mind, I saw it that Hermione was destined to be with Ron, but Ron died. So as a result, she had all these experiences with Harry. If Ron had never died, I didn't think that Hermione would have gone together with Harry. And what she says in these chapters is, I would have. I'm closer to it because it's been there's been a lot more characterization since that scene originally happened, but that was the issue I had earlier on. I just thought that as you went through it, that was just a more difficult case to make. I think I would have swallowed the pill much easier if, as a result of 
you know, the death of Ron, and as a result of all these things, Harry and Hermione came together. I thought it was a little difficult for someone like me, maybe, who's grown up with the canon and, and just sees this as the natural progression to buy into the fact that, oh, it would have worked out this way anyway. Even if Ron had lived, it would have broken up. Like, I was like, well, why? Like, because, and it's not a fair question for me to ask if I'm playing Mr. Open-Minded Guy, because I should be able to buy into almost anything. But I can honestly buy into the fact that Hermione, after so many, so many, so many years, does become, you know, someone who becomes less bookish and becomes less annoying and less snobby. And I, and I did, I was able to buy into that. I have plot problems with the story and I had dialogue problems. I, I do have issues with the story. I have no problem believing that, you know, she's had these experiences and that her life has changed and she's not the same person she was at Hogwarts. That's not what I have a, a problem with. What I have a problem with is that it has always felt to me, and I know I'm not the only one who feels this way, but that the foundation for Harry and Hermione's relationship was laid down in canon the same way it was laid down with Ron. You know, even acknowledging that she's going to change over however many years it's been. You know, even acknowledging that all this stuff was going to happen. And yes, now Ron is gone and now there's this missing part of their life and they do everything together. I still don't think that's enough to cross that bridge. I mean, that would be something that would be one drunken night, they end up fooling around and then they're awkward around each other for the next two weeks. And then they say, you know what? Screw it. That's not worth it. We're not doing that again. It was just too weird. It was too awkward. That's not us. That was my problem with this story and with every other story that tried to put these two characters together. It's too artificial. I mean, if you wanted to go back to the very beginning and create a story where Ron never existed, then... I might be able to buy that. Maybe that's less artificial than, than making than, than making it that Ron, uh, you know, that, that Ron dies or something. I, let I don't know. You, I, let me ask you this: If you made this into a story that Laurie began the POU universe on day one at Hogwarts, what uh-huh. events would need to be removed from the first three years? What in those first three books? absolutely to you makes this ship just absolutely impossible. Like, what events in those first... You mentioned the scene with the troll, where, where Ron saves Hermione from the troll. Like, you would need to switch their interactions. Ron would be the one who would just kind of shrug off and not react to Hermione, and... Harry would have to be the one who would bait her the way Ron does throughout the book. You'd have to switch the foundation of their relationship. You know, Ron would be the one who would just, you know, kind of nod and smile. Yeah, Hermione, whatever you say. And Harry would be the one fighting with her from the very beginning. You know, I mean, you would have to literally go through and every time you see Harry and Ron's name, just switch the places if you wanted to create that foundation. You'd have to take out everything that happened between Harry and Ginny in the Chamber of Secrets. You know, that was a major bonding event or have Hermione be the one who was down there. Something that I think a lot of people don't think about, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, you can't say that Ron and Hermione had this really close relationship because you never see them alone. Well, no, you don't, but you know that they spent a lot of time alone because every Every time Harry's in the hospital wing, Ron and Hermione are together. Yeah, there, there is a... You have yeah, to take times. that element out where it's not just... Because you don't really see a lot of Harry and Hermione hanging out alone in those first three books. You don't see a lot of them having one-on-one time. And while you don't necessarily see Ron and Hermione having one-on-one time, that's what's going on all those times that Harry is in the hospital wing or with Dumbledore or, you know, wherever else, learning how to produce Quidditch Quidditch practice. You know, those are foundation areas where that's when Ron and Hermione are together. And that's what makes the difference. 
I don't know, because that's interesting for me, because when I look back at it, well, for one thing, I th- you know, just for, from a realistic standpoint of life, I don't think you can, you can go back and say how you, like, if you met your spouse when you were 10, the way you interacted from 10 to 12 indicates whether or not you're going to be able to get married someday. But just to go back, I mean, if, if I wanted to argue, I'd say that Harry and Hermione had a lot of interaction in Prisoner. None of the kids were, from a story point standpoint, hitting puberty until, ironically, Goblet was really the yeah. first signs where, where the, the romantic, you know, side of the characters came out. But when you look at the first ones, I mean, you have Ron and Hermione, and let me put it this way, I, be, I, I'm, I read Ron and Hermione Fix. I'm a, I'm a big believer that those opposites attract. She's the bookworm, he's the annoying as hell one, and they bring Lavender each other Brown. out of their collective shells. Yeah, and they bring each other out of their collective shells. And I think it's a great relationship. And I think, you know, if you were to look at Harry and Ginny in the first three Fix, yes, there are lines where J.K.R. is obviously, obviously setting it up. But when you look at the characterization, you have Ginny be taken by Tom Riddle into the Chamber of Secrets. Now, Ginny was taken by Tom Riddle because she was lonely, so she started writing into a diary. She was lonely because she was at school for the first time. She wasn't greatly accepted into her brother's group of people. She had, There are many different reasons why she needed a friend of her own. They involved Harry, but they didn't revolve around Harry. And Harry was a hero who goes into the chamber and saves her. He would have gone into the chamber if it was Pompey Pomfrey who was down there. He would have done it for Pansy Parkinson. He would have done it for Draco. He would have gone down there for anybody. And yes, it makes it a very romantic prince on stallion moment for him to go down there and save his future bride. I absolutely agree with that. But it doesn't, to me, make it a mandatory requirement that you know what I mean that these two now end up together for life. I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yes, there there are a lot. Yes, Ron and Hermione go at it like cats and dogs. The first three years, literally, they're cat. They're they're you know the rats and cats are are attacking each other, and there's much discourse. I absolutely agree with that. But there's nothing in those first three years that to me can't have changed. And you you know what I mean. There's nothing to. We don't know what happened in four, five, six. You know, midway through six, we know that, that Ginny and Ron, I'm sorry, oh god, Ginny and Ron dated. I'm sorry, wrong fic. We know that Hermione and Ron dated. Oh god. I apologize. I know Rena read that one very recently. Oh, oh dear god. god. Oh, oh Ryan, my. I have to tell you about the worst fic I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Right. But, oh god. I want to read different stories. I want to, you know what I mean? There's only so much Harry Ginny. I love Harry Ginny. I love him. I love him. If I read one more Harry Ginny story, some days I want to rip my eyes out because I've read, I mean, I read a, a, a fic today which involved Ron and Harry for the 73rd time arguing over whether or not Harry can date Ginny. It was the uh. only time I've ever seen Harry stick up for himself, and it was probably the best written you know, scene I've ever seen between them. But I've read that scene 93 times. I have read, you know, Every the fix Harry where, where Harry and Ginny, newly married, you know, are announcing that she is pregnant with her first child, and Ron attacks him for touching her. His baby sister. I have read every version of it. I've, you know, at some point, I don't want to read Harry Ginny anymore just because I need something new. And Rena knows this because she reads the ones where Harry is a cat. So I know she understands <laughs> this. But I got to read this one about him being a cat. That just sounds like it, it, it would work. Oh my, oh my God. He purrs all over the <laughs> Yeah. 
she send it over. But you know, it's, so it's. I guess my thing is, if someone can plausibly show me a reason that Harry and Hermione can end up together, I want to read it. Now, this apparently is like the this is the, the Harmonian Mecca, so I want to read this. And yes, I have plot problems. I have dialogue problems with it. There are some characterization problems. A lot of those can be forgiven because this thing was written in 1873, and you know they didn't have the internet yet. So obviously, there are some reasons I can I can forgive a lot of that. But there are seams. There are obviously seams. It's not perfect. You know, some of the people who like it are admittedly nuts. I'm, I'm with you on everything. But I think that for a, a ship that Joe Rowling never intended, and I'm not talking like, you know, Pansy Parkinson and Oliver, Oliver Wood, I almost called him Oliver Twist. I, I apologize for the sound there. You know, <laughs> you know, for, for, you know, for, for something like that, I think this is probably the best we're going to get. And there's as few seams as possible. So I'm okay with that. And I guess maybe my standards are a little bit lower because I want to have a more diverse selection from which I can read and enjoy, but th- th- I'll shut up now. That's my whole point. Yeah, I mean, I can understand wanting to read something different and, and read something. I mean, and as far as the beginning of the fandom goes and, and, and Harry and Hermione goes, that sort of thing, I, I really do think this is the, the mecca, as you said, the best of the best, quote-unquote, for the Harmonians. When I forget that it's supposed to be Harry and Hermione, I mean, and there's some, uh, obviously, if Ryan's having issues with the dialogue and that sort of thing, I'm going to have some things to say. But uh, I think... (laughs) Lady Chi is often the angry grammar elf, for those of you joining us for the first time. Um, Well, I I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of grammar problems as you know, as far as that goes, there are some style issues. The space bar was broken at times too, because some of the yeah, words the space were all stuck bar was. In. We're having a conversation that people have been having for the fandom for years, and mm-hmm. it, it's the stuff that people literally fought wars over. Well, not wars, like nobody died, but that <laughs> we know of. But man, people, it was brutal there for a while. It was brutal. I, well, Ryan's laughing, but Ryan wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. It's like it's one of those things where you don't realize how invested you are in this fandom. One day you wake up and you realize you're crying over something somebody said on an internet site, and you're like, "Oh my god, I really am insane!" And you go on a break for a week. Or maybe it's- I always just yell back at them, so I'm maybe I'm just- <laughs> talking about ships and stuff like that always gets kind of dangerous because. People obviously feel strongly about these characters. You want certain things for them. You want certain people for them. I mean, Jen ships in the canon, Harry, Jenny, and then in the fandom, she ships everybody else. Snape, Hermione, or whatever it is. Yeah, well, I mean, she'll read anything. God love her. I finish a lot of sentences off about Jen that way. God love her. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, things that it's also about your philosophy on fanfiction, like, is fan fiction for you an extension of the canon, or is it a way to explore other possibilities in the canon? So, different strokes for different folks, I guess. I think we've had the conversation about the ships in this fic, and we have carried it all the way to the end, and we can't have that conversation anymore because we've beat the dead horse <laughs> over the head with a 95-pound sledgehammer. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.